0: So this police officer comes and he goes, I have witness reports that say you were going, you know, X amount of miles per hour. You kid, I'm going to make sure you go to jail. I'm going to make sure that they press charges and you're going to jail because you should not be on the street.
1: Assalamu everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Prophetic Mentality Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Southern California's very own Sheikh Mustafa Omar. A little bit about Sheikh Mustafa for those of you that don't know him. Sheikh Mustafa spent some years studying Islam in the East. He spent time in Nadwatul al-Ulama in Lucknow, India, and Nad al-Azhar in Cairo, Egypt. Sheikh Mustafa holds bachelor's degrees in theology and Islamic law from the European Institute of Islamic Sciences and a master's of Islamic studies from the University of Gloucestershire. He is the current education director at the Islamic Institute of Orange County and founder of the California Islamic University. As always, links to our guest's social media and about pages are included below in the description if you're watching on YouTube, or in the podcast description if you're listening through your favorite podcast app. Now, on to the good stuff. We originally scheduled with the Sheikh about one hour to discuss the topic of masculinity in Islam. However, we ended up recording for almost four hours with the Sheikh. Honestly, the time just flew by. So, since the recording was so long, we decided to split up this episode into two parts. In part one, what you're listening to or watching right now, we go into the Sheikh's personal story on how he ended up on the path of knowledge. And let me tell you now, it's a pretty crazy story. And Sheikh Mustafa is an amazing storyteller. He had me engaged in cracking up the whole time. In part two, we get into the topic of masculinity in Islam, and we discuss some relevant legislation that has currently gone into effect in California. And that's all I'm going to say because you're going to have to watch this one for yourselves. Recording this episode was delightful in every way. So I hope you too enjoy listening to it as well. Assalamu alaikum and on with the show. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to another episode of the Prophetic Mentality Podcast. Today I'm joined by my co host Munir and we are joined by a very special guest, Sheikh Mustafa Omar from uh, Orange County. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh.
0: As-salamu alaykum assalam.
1: How are you doing today?
0: Doing excellent.
1: Alhamdulillah. Today we wanted to have you on to discuss. Uh, Uh, the certain topic of masculinity in in islam Uh, inshallah we want to get into that a little bit later but first i wanted to kind of touch base on your kind of your journey getting where you are now Um, i know your journey to islam and being a sheikh is probably not as linear as most would think Uh, so can we probably get into that a little bit first
0: sure Uh, where should we start
1: Uh, high school
0: High school. <laughs> Alright, so high school, yeah, I went to public school, I went to Tustin High School. Okay. Um, you know, kind of my mentality was, uh, the way that I was raised, kind of semi-culturally practicing Muslim, uh, we probably never prayed outside Jummah prayer. Okay. Uh, when it was convenient, right? Because I'm in school, so obviously no, not happening that much. We'd go for Eid prayer. Uh, so not really much Islam. Um, most, so like Eid Muslims? Kind of like Eid Muslims, but maybe like one notch above, sometimes Jummah Muslims. So yeah, so a little little bit one notch. We're not, we weren't that bad. <laughs> 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 and uh, so that basically meant that uh, most of my friends were non-Muslims. Right? Okay. So my Muslim friends were only pretty much like at parties. Either I'd have, like, a Hindu friend or a Muslim friend because my parents socialized with, with those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I really wouldn't see anyone else. So almost all my friends are non-Muslims. All my, uh, you know, things that I do and people I hang out with, everything else is pretty much influenced by non-Muslims. So that's kind of what high school was for me. And then uh, what happened was in high school, probably somewhere around junior year, uh, we went on a family trip to Mecca. And when I came back from Mecca, that was like a a huge thing for me because I'd never seen Mecca before. It was like a huge cultural shock, you know, azan five times a day, this and that, you're going to the masjid. So I actually became kind of interested in Islam a little bit uh, after doing Umrah and visiting Mecca for the first time. So I came back and I started like, you know, I want to take this Islam thing, you know, seriously. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I started... um, I started praying a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started, you know, telling my friends, you know, Islam is this, Islam is correct, and Islam is an awesome religion. But it was kind of like a, uh, my own version of Islam.
1: Whatever you kind of perceive from the culture that you kind of no,
0: not only that. So the thing is, I didn't really like the culture. So I was That's, kind of a, mm-hmm. I was kind of a very anti culture uh, kind of guy. Okay. Yeah. So for me, if I if I'm gonna practice Islam, it's got to make sense to me. So I got a Quran translation and anything that kind of made sense to me, I be like, yeah, this is what Islam says. If it didn't mm. make sense to me, I'd be like,
2: I don't, I don't want it. So it was an individual education.
0: Very individualized okay. uh, to the point where I'm like, you know what? It doesn't make sense. We're going to pray in Arabic, right? Because I don't know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to pray in English. So I started praying in English. You know, if I'm late for school, you know, I, I used to drive to school a junior. Uh, I'm like, you know, oh, it's okay. Allah will understand. I'm just going to pray while I'm driving to school, you know, <laughs> but in English. <laughs> so so it's kind of like this custom-made uh, version of Islam that I kind of got into initially. Uh, eventually it led to like uh, rejecting hadith too so I'm like oh, these these hadith don't make sense so Quran only Muslim so Quran only English prayer type of Muslim Uh, that's where it got to like around high school
1: I mean, that's where people are nowadays. Most <laughs> that's of where time. people are. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you're an OG. So, so, so for for
0: me, it's like you, you know, are ahead of the curve, actually. Ex- exactly. I'm like, you, you guys are doing something like that back in the days, man. Like, Been there, done that, you know. So so for me, it's like you know, you guys aren't doing anything original. You know? So 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 that was high school, right? Okay. And then from high school, basically, I go into college, and then in my first year in college, I attend this class on philosophy and. Uh, this class basically breaks down my entire worldview. Of
1: course, uh, yeah.
0: and I basically stopped believing in God, and I end up becoming an atheist. Was
1: it like just an intro to philosophy course? It or? was an
0: intro to philosophy course. It was a critical thinking course specifically. I still remember the book. The book was called um, "How to Think About Weird Things," and uh, it got like some quotes from like Aristotle and talking. It talks about like it's a very modern um, like uh, analysis of American society. So that's the thing that really got to me. It's like I used to be, I was always very skeptical about, you know, people always making claims, you know, everything is gin related, everything is spiritual related, Mm -hmm. you know, people believe in all sorts of things and they always attribute those things to something else. Mm -hmm. So I've been, you know, generally raised with like a a type of skepticism. So when the teacher started talking about, you know, uh, this many Americans still believe in Santa Claus, and I was just like. They really believe in this is stupid, you know. And then they said, then they started talking about, oh, they still they believe in the tooth fairy. And like for me, it's like almost like a trauma. It's like you know. Why was I lied to that? You know, there's a truth, fa- there's a tooth fairy. Like, I don't, I, I don't do this, I don't want to do this to my own kids, right? Yeah, like yeah. this idea of, Oh, look, there's a tooth fairy, and then all of a sudden, Oh, yeah, well, by the way, we just made that up to, you know, to, to make you feel good. But then you're like, Well, wait a minute, if my parents lied to me about these things, what other things did they lie to me about? Yeah, so yeah. it creates a sense of skepticism, or maybe that's just my personality. No,
1: that's, I think that's that, that goes well with kids because they're, they're very easily they're very uh they, they'll perceive these things and they'll take it on as a reality very yep.
0: easily exactly you know
1: they'll just believe it because they have that fitra.
0: exactly them, exactly when you break it and once you break the trust right and you've, yeah. tr- you've they've trusted yeah. you right you break that trust when they find it out they start thinking wait a minute is this the only thing that they have lied to me about mm-hmm. and then you start questioning and when they've lied to you about a lot of things it just, it causes a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. You
2: know? So you said this philosophy class really hit you hard. Yeah. And I hear that a lot. You know, a lot of kids that go to a quote unquote philosophy class and it yeah. breaks them down. What? So I, we never, I don't think we went to a philosophy course or freshman year or anything. Right. And I'm always skeptical like, what could they possibly tell you that <laughs> breaks down a man to like, oh, yeah. this is all, is it just so much confusion or they slip in the ideas with, oh people believe in santa claus tooth fairy and god and it's all in the same conversation that's, that's
0: exactly what happened so okay. basically it was in the exact same conversation i remember yeah. it very clearly they, slip, so, it in. So they yeah. slip it in so they're like you know the people still believe in the tooth fairy Oh, people still believe in uh, uh fairies and they they put the statistics, so it looks very scientific it's like yeah. this many people serve some survey somewhere this many percentage of americans believe in fairies i'm like come on. They believe in like little fairies, like uh, from Peter Pan or something yeah. like that. And then they go, and this many people believe in angels. So I'm kind of like
1: that's the next step. Yeah,
0: it's the next step. So I'm kind of like yeah. shaky. I'm like, well, kind of. Well, I am. I am believing in Islam. I guess we kind of do believe in angels but then the way they're portrayed in society do they really look like that maybe it's overdone so you start to get to that level and then they go and then this many percentage of people still look at the word still still believe yeah. in God so. right so so I'm hearing that still believe in God and I'm just I, I'm in a state of confusion now I'm like wait a minute so what do you mean still I, I go in there my perception you know 1990 late 90s early, early 2000 is People in America believe in God. Like, that's my understanding, mm-hmm. right? My, yeah. I assumed that even my non-Muslim friends, whatever religion they are, they still believe in God. They believe in something. They believe in, yeah, believe in some kind yeah. of higher power or something like that. So I go in there. So the teacher is kind of like hinting. And obviously, it's pretty clear he's an atheist. But I didn't know that, right? So most people don't know what their religious persuasions of their own teachers are. So I go in there. This guy's definitely an atheist, but I don't recognize that. So then he goes... And he asked this question. He goes, How many of you still believe in God? Right? So he goes, Just raise your hand. How many of you still believe in God? So this is what broke everything for me. Because I was the, I'm, I'm putting my hand up, and there's only one guy in the whole class who puts his hand up. And that guy is like the super annoying. Missionary guy who knocks on your door on a Sunday morning that no one wants to associate with—he's like that, the most annoying guy in the world, the guy who's like the Bible thumper, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm just looking. I'm like, wait a minute, something is wrong here. Is, am I like that guy? And that, that, that I was just like, <laughs> you want to be nah, cool? That, that just that, that just messed up everything for me. And then from there, it was just a down down trajectory. Yeah.
1: So, so it started in college, started with freshman with st- freshman year in college. Freshman That's year in kind college, of. Yeah. And what kind of do you, were you involved with, or where'd you go to school first? I should ask.
0: College, college, college. I went to UCI, UCI, UCI. Okay. Yeah,
1: UCI. And did you join the MSA at all during that time?
0: <laughs> it's an interesting story about MSA. So this is happening in freshman year. Yeah, I'm living on campus. Even though my parents live in Tustin, I'm, like, living in Irvine on campus. Like, that's
1: uh, yeah, that's very common, yeah. actually. A lot of first that's, years, they just end up living on campus. So, yeah, I,
0: I insisted. I'm, like, I need to live on campus, you know. Okay. So, I, I want my freedom from parents, and, you know, I want to be independent and all that stuff. So, I'm living on campus. I don't know a single Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's I don't know a single Muslim on campus. Uh, all of my friends in the dorms are all non-Muslims, which is yeah, direct trajectory of where I was in high school anyways. And
1: for the listeners, actually, UCI, there's a huge Muslim MSA population Yes, yes there, There's there a, a big Big number of yes. people there yes. It's not a small time school
0: Yes exactly Yes there's a lot of Muslims But I was not affiliated With them at all So yeah. I'm not cultural either So I'm not affiliated With like the Pakistani Student Association Or whatever uh, yeah. is there or, or any of these Cultural clubs So then all of a sudden I'm walking down campus One day And someone kind of Notices me And they're like Hey what's your name I'm like uh, Yeah Mustafa You know <laughs> And it's like Hey Are you Muslim I'm like, uh yeah. On Fridays. Like, yeah. (laughs) At that time I was just like, Yeah, kind of. You should join the you should join the MSA. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? It's like the Muslim Students Association. So at that time I was just like, I don't wanna have anything to do with you guys, right? Mm -hmm. So they like someone saw me, they tried to recruit me and I was just like, Look, not interested. And the guy like really, you know, tried to eagerly. He's like, Come on, you know, it'll be really good. You're gonna make new friends and this and that. I'm like, I don't know. No, I'm I'm not in, I'm not interested in that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So um that was my one experience of trying to get recruited, so I was not part of MSA at all. And the second thing was that I was walking by one day and there was like a a, Palestine, a protest for Palestine taking place. Of course. All right, and uh the guys were like, you know, yelling and, you know, free Palestine and this and that and I'm walking by and someone kind of sees me and they're like, "Hey, you look like you look kind of like you're Muslim or something, you know?" <laughs> uh come over here and join us you know and there's like basically there's zionists on this side there's like palestinian msa on this side so like come on this side join us you know so i'm just like like what what what's going on and i had been to jerusalem before right so Mm -hmm. i i know uh you know what it's like but i didn't really know much about the issue outside like from a religious perspective i just know the political perspective so i'm just like no you guys you know you guys seem to be like yelling and screaming and like you don't seem to be very objective, you know, so I just like I'm like, no, I, I don't want to really join you guys. Like if you guys if you guys are a little bit more quiet, like I know I've been to Jerusalem, but it's like what you guys are doing. Like, no, man, I'm not interested. And then
1: so, it's a bad look for me. I already got affiliated with the missionary guy. I can't
0: I can't because <laughs> yeah, again, like one of the things about <clears throat> philosophy, right? It's like the ideal, the ideal Socrates type philosopher. Was that
1: your major, by the way? No, that what? was not
0: my major. It was oh. just like a kind of like a, a interest and a passion. You did a comp always, Sci, didn't you? I did Comp Sci, yeah, mm. computer science. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, computer science. But uh, so I'm very, very into like science, science and this and that. So, so it, they kind of overlap hard yeah, sciences yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So for me, it was like you know the the ideal. Thinker, objective person who's not being biased. I'm, I'm against this bias that kind of mm-hmm. I grew up with, a oh, cultural bias, people are religious bias, this and that. So it's like you should be very calm and poised and relaxed and explain your argument rather than you know, emotionally you know, yelling or screaming. So that was my mentality at the time. So I went through, and I still think there's some validity to that, sometimes depending on where you are. But I walked through, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to be any part of this. And that, those were my two experiences with, with Muslims on campus for like my entire freshman year wow that's that's i've never encountered anyone else outside of that
1: and do you ever go back to that or do you ever join the msa at all yeah yeah. oh
0: yeah 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 so so, yeah when i come back to Islam so the the irony is when i join msa i i join uh, kind of i join msa and the same guy who is recruiting me those two guys yeah same guy who's recruiting me they become my close friends they're also in computer science and then i end up becoming their teacher (laughs) <laughs> so, so that's the irony So I'm teaching a class And there's students in my class And they're like Remember two years ago When we tried to recruit you And you're like Just get away from me He's <laughs> like Can you imagine like, like this would have happened Like you end up Becoming our teacher And you're giving the khutbah On campus And we're like We're sitting in front of you Like we could have Never imagined That like We thought we're like The Muslim guys We're trying to recruit This guy This guy's running away from us And now like The whole situation flipped it's like you know, This is how uh, Allah changes You know things Yeah, yeah.
1: So what kind of Guides you back I mean you seem like you're pretty adamant at this point a lot of people don't really bounce back Mm. from that you know unless there's some experience they go through or some sort of
2: something happens to mortality yeah something
0: Yeah. yeah so that played a role although i don't like to say that like i don't like to say this is the specific thing right it's Everything is a process, in, in my understanding. It's a process of going away from Islam. There's a process of coming towards Islam. It's not like just one thing just triggers all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the process was kind of brewing in me uh, in terms of, like, the lifestyle that I was living. You know, I started going to, like, you know, nightclubs. I got into, like, uh, I got into, like e- electronica music.
1: Oh, uh, that's like, big in the early
0: 2000s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so I yeah. had like a friend. He was Did you
1: on. shuffle? You... Uh, <laughs> no. No, okay. no.
0: No? No, no. Uh, but uh, I, I had uh, a, an Armenian friend who pretty much got me into this. And he's a DJ now. So he was computer science, switched to music, and now he's, he's like a professional DJ. We're still in touch. Um, so he got me into this music. He's like, this is the most intellectual <laughs> music. Cause I used to listen to all sorts. Of, at that time, I was listening to like... Uh, like alternative, listening to like rock stuff like that. Before that, i had listened to you know rap. When I was younger, I listened to like uh, uh, what else, like dance and you know uh, Kiss FM type of stuff and mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm. So at that phase, I was like at rock, basically alternative rock things mm-hmm. like that. And he's like, no, no, you're you're in the wrong genre, man. You need to, you know, you seem like a pretty smart guy, you know, you seem like a guy who values like I- intellectual all yeah. that stuff the most intellectual music is 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 uh, electronica like uh, you know uh, trance tiesto uh, i don't know tiesto oh yeah he was he
1: big in the 2000s okay
0: but he he's yeah okay. yeah like edm
1: essentially right electronic dance music electronic dance music yeah, yeah. but
0: with all its v- variations you know like okay. goa trance to like happy hardcore, to like everything, all the way to like gabber. Oh, you were,
2: you were is, I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I know what you're yeah. <laughs> So, but since you're into like recording and stuff, so it's like it goes by beats per minute, right? Okay. So, it's like it depends. If you're getting to like 140, you're at a certain type, like happy hardcore. Mm-hmm. Once it gets to 180, you're like at what's called hardcore or gabber. And then ah. you get to 220, it's just like it's noise, basically. So, you're just crazy. You're just like crazy. Yeah, exactly. So, Alhanallah. So, what happens? It's, it's, Kind of like I started this, you know, progression, getting into all of this stuff. And I thought i say, oh, it's more intellectual and stuff like that. So I get into this music, and that obviously leads me to, like, going to raves. So I started going into raves, uh, and then going... By
1: the way, those at that time, they're not, like, what you see today. They're, like, in the underground,
0: right? They're Under- not... No, they're, I mean... Were they... they... They were, yeah, there's desert raves and stuff like that. Yeah, the underground, like, they're kind of outside, but they're not that much different. I I don't, I don't don't think, I don't think it's changed that much actually. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, so I started going to raves and stuff like that primarily for the music, but obviously there's an entire culture that comes with that. Yeah. You know, so I started hanging around with some people who are doing that, you know, doing that. And I just, I wasn't feeling comfortable because at the same time, I'm still struggling internally. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm still not going to drink alcohol. All right. So I'm not going to drink alcohol, uh, not because I'm Muslim anymore, but just it's gonna impair my intellect, right? So I mm. have this idea of like, you know, I don't want to mess up my mind, right? Yeah. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be doing like, you know, a bunch of drugs or something like that, uh, mm-hmm. because that's gonna mess up my mind too. So I saw some of these guys who are like raving, like they're really messed up, you know, because yeah. they've been even dropping, you know, uh, doing ecstasy yeah. basically, and I, I'm concerned about that because I'm like, I I, I value my mind. I value like computer science and like oh, this guy can't even program anymore. <laughs> like, seriously, like we because I, I had a oh, pro- like after he
1: was high, he, he, was just, he just messed himself up. Does yeah, he sense? messed
0: him Oh, long term. So uh, we, oh. we had a professor at UC okay. Irvine, computer science department. I'll tell you his name was Dr. Klefstad. OK, this guy, half of his class, he just talk about drugs. He would he would promote drugs. Like this, it's, a weird, it's a weird guy. Basically. He's tenured, I'm sure. Yeah, so he's yeah. definitely, yeah, he's tenured. Right? He's still there. I, I checked. I looked him up recently. <laughs> Ironically. Still functioning this, brain yeah, cells. This guy, this guy would just promote. He's like, you know, and there's legal ways to do it. And you could buy ephedra, you know, and it's, it's like buying speed, and it's really good. It helps you program, and, you know, I don't know why people talk bad about drugs. And this is like in the early 2000s when before this whole marijuana, you know, recreational discussions going on. This guy was like, he was the coolest teacher but he was the most ineffective teacher because he wouldn't teach us anything except about drugs, right? So to. he's talking to some of these students who are basically dropping at, at raves regularly.
1: And they're like, yeah.
0: And and they're, and they're like, yeah, you know, I've been doing it. And he's like, yeah, you know, but you, you got to be really careful because if you do it too much, it will mess up your memory, and it's going to mess up your mind. And then the guy's like, yeah, you know, I think I think, I can't remember things, and I have this problem. He's like, oh, it like you already overdid it. You know, like, oh you know, God. you should have been careful. So I'm listening to this, and I'm like, whoa, I don't want to, you know, I, I like the music, but I don't want to end up like this guy. This guy can't even remember anything, you know? Wow. This guy was, like, dropping, like, every weekend, right? hmm Dropping meaning like taking ecstasy, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So rolling, whatever. It's they different. call it rolling. Yeah, Yeah, roll, yeah rolling. Ee, dro- yeah, yeah, rolling, yeah. Dropping would be like LSD or something yeah, like that. Yeah, drop acid. Yeah. yeah. So drop acid. So this, you know, this. Uh, so that's kind of where I am. Is
1: that right. a computer science thing? Because w- I knew some computer <clears throat> science people back in school. They're also Muslim too. Mm. And you know, they drop acid and take shrooms.
0: I don't think it's a computer science thing. I think computer science people generally uh, tend to be more isolated little bit like stick to themselves mm-hmm. you know because they're on their computer kind of by themselves so their the social life is a little bit less and that kind of inclines them more towards this kind of culture because it's more of an individualistic culture got it you know you're not in a rave dancing with someone else like you would be like in a nightclub right you're in a rave basically dancing by yourself primarily listening to the music got you it. may end up with someone else because you know you're high or something but it's it's more of an individualistic type thing okay yeah That that's my theory
1: that, that makes sense yeah
0: so so yeah i'm doing this and then uh i'm kind of i'm kind of debating back and forth between you know should i continue this something is not right with this lifestyle uh i'm becoming very materialistic so this is just an internal struggle going on it's hard to you know recon you know recollect all the thoughts that were going through my mind but there
1: was definitely some sort of like you could say like agitation internal agitation there was
0: agitation I'm like is this is this what life is about you know like is 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 this you know is this what I'm supposed to be doing yeah so uh, kind of those thoughts are going through sometimes I just think this is dumb the people I'm hanging out with they're making dumb jokes and I'm just laughing at it I'm like this is just this we're just being we're being dumb empty, right? empty conversation yeah. it's just there's no real purpose behind there's no there's no substance behind it yeah right so that's kind of getting to me and bothering me a little bit and then uh i got into street racing what S- street <laughs> racing <laughs> so simultaneously i get into street racing basically so i know it's kind of uh, uh you're tw-
1: really trying to preserve your intellect <laughs> <laughs>
0: so it's it's the company that you keep right so somehow the company that I was keeping they got me into street racing right okay and uh, in a really uh, in a very dangerous fashion right so like street racing on the freeway right which is
1: that that sounds ridiculous
0: it's ridiculous it's really dumb and it's really dangerous but again it's like it's that peer pressure you know okay so uh, I get a brand new car Lexus IS300 like the same month it came out it was like a really big thing Uh, my my parents get that for me and uh, you know I start racing uh, and I'm learning you know what to do and this and that so yeah I mean long story short what ends up happening is I'm racing regularly and one day I'm, I'm, I'm investing in the stock market with money that my parents gave me uh, I'm just getting frustrated with school I'm getting frustrated with this culture and then one day I just wake up and I decide you know what I remember that day was a Friday morning that day I'm just like you know what I'm I'm just really I'm just pissed off I'm just really upset sick and tired of all of this and uh, I just want to live my own life I'm, I'm, I'm at home for that day for some reason I came back from the dorm and I wake up and I open the I open E-Trade and I look and I'm like my investment of Juniper network that I had invested during the, 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 the dot boom. com yeah. you know bubble it it like went down 50% okay it was like yeah. a stock market crash Yeah. so I was just like furious man I was just like I just lost a ton of money and i was trading on margin on top of that like the one day i trade on margin it's like i get killed yeah right so i'm gonna get a margin call now lost all this money in the stock market i'm just really upset and then my parents are telling me my my mom calls me like downstairs we live in a big house she calls me downstairs and she's like i want you to take out the trash i'm just like oh now like now i'm just at another level right i'm just like look my whole life i've never taken out the trash right? like i just We didn't really have many chores to do. So now all of a sudden she decides like on the day that the stock market crashes, somehow, (laughs) somehow I'm going to like, I'm going to manifest my authority as a parent and tell my college age son that you need to go take out the trash. Okay. So she has a tafsir class happening at her house. So it's like the first time she's asking me to go take out the trash because all these women are going to come and do a tafsir class at her house. Right. So... I get up and I'm like, you know what, man, just forget this. I'm, I'm done with this. Uh, I start, like, I put some clothes in my backpack. I check my accounts and everything. And I'm like, I'm running away from home. Like, I'm never coming back and I'm leaving. So I, I go, jump in my car. Did you I'm, take out the trash? I didn't take out the trash. No, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not take out the trash. <laughs> so I jump in my car and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go, man. You know, turn it on and I'm like, I'm just going to zoom out of here and done. And all of a sudden I start reversing and I realize one of these aunties like park right behind my car. I can't even get out. So I was just like even more frustrated. So I go in the middle of the tafsir class and I remember like shouting at some aunties, at at these aunties and the Quran teacher. Oh, right. who, who's, who's uh sister Maha, who still teaches around, you know, oh, wow. uh, Tafsir and stuff. So she's at my she's at my mom's house, she's at my house basically. And those aunties, they come back and they remind me that we remember the day that you came and yelled at us. <laughs> I oh, was no. like, Subhanallah, you know. And now they're like attending my khutbas and they're like they're my students and stuff, you know. So that day, I came and I yelled and I'm like, you know, you know, s- someone needs to move their car because they parked behind me, right? So one of the aunties is like, oh yeah, I didn't realize it was behind. I'll I'll move the car. So she goes and moves the car. I get out, I'm still frustrated, I'm upset. I just, I I go and I start driving and I start driving, taking the five south. So I'm going down and I'm just kind of like heading towards San Diego, Mexico, right? And I'm like, I'm not coming back. I'm done, no family ever again. I'm just gonna be like a free, independent person. I'll do whatever I want. So I'm driving down all of a sudden, it's 300ZX Twin Turbo, comes and cuts me off and gives me the racing signal, right? Mm. And I'm just like, you know, Today, you know, t- today <laughs> of all days, today is the day you want to do this, right? And I was driving normal. I wasn't just, I was speeding or anything. I was just driving kind of normal. And all of a sudden, this guy just kind of cuts me off and just gives me the signal, right? Which is the emergency lights, right? What
1: color was the car? Do you remember? It was a white, yeah. I oh,
0: remember. It was white? Yeah, okay. white, White 300ZX. It wasn't you, was it? <laughs> no, 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 I have a
1: friend who drives a yellow one. I was like, okay, maybe it okay. was. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm going, and I'm about near, near Oceanside by that time and uh, i had you're, a
1: home- you're a ways away that's like an hour drive
0: yeah it's about an hour drive Yes, yeah. yeah, so i've been going for quite a while i'm yeah. almost there and i'm just i'm heading i haven't even made a plan where i'm going to go either i'm going to get a hotel in san diego or, gonna or i'm going to one- cross the border and just be in mexico right so i'm on my way i'm like i'll figure this out later music is blasting right i got like blink 182 on and just like the The most the the songs that kind of spur your anger, you know, even more teenage angst
2: to the extreme. (laughs)
0: Exactly, you know. So I'm going, and I'm, and all of a sudden this guy comes in, and I'm just like, oh man, today of all days, you you really want to pull this one. So I go, okay, fine, you know. So uh, I, I, I'm like, okay, I accept the challenge. So we start, and we're going, and the thing is that it was stupid of me too, because the five south, I, I just, I don't know why my brain was not working properly. Five south doesn't mean it's gonna be straight. Right there's obviously curves and freeways, so I'm just thinking five south. Oh, all the way, this is going to be a straight straight drive through. <laughs> so I disable traction control, right? And I, th- this is what you do when you race. I'm not going to give like racing advice. Yeah, or please, something please like don't. That. I, I don't. I don't want. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to set a bad example <laughs> for other people. Let me uh, tell you this. In a retrospect, never a, a, ever disable traction control. It's there for a reason. Uh, and so are all the other, you know, things that are there. So, <laughs> this is good. The other point. things that he disables. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it was actually raining a little bit uh, that day, too. So, it was, the, the streets were a little bit wet. Yeah,
1: that's mm-hmm. definitely not smart.
0: Definitely not smart, right? Yeah. So, basically, I'm like, okay, this guy, I, I don't even care. This guy, I'm going to take this guy out no matter what. Now, if you know cars, right, a 300ZX Twin Turbo is a sports car. Mm-hmm. It, it's got a su- sports suspension. It's designed to be sporty. Right? Yeah. A, an IS three hundred Lexus is, is a luxury car.
1: It's not a sports car. It's
0: not a sporty car. It has a,
1: a strong engine, but it has a
0: strong engine, but it doesn't have a sports suspension. Yeah, it has a very uh, luxury suspension. It's designed to be like that. So what happens? It starts to wobble when you get over a certain speed, and I won't mention what that speed is, right? So the thing is, you shouldn't <laughs> be going that fast in the first place. So this day, I'm just like, you know, this this work, I'm going one hundred percent, right? Oh, okay. This guy is you know, this guy's gonna go down basically. And there's a bunch of traffic. So there's still traffic during that time. So I'm going, we're cutting between cars and we're just racing and everything. And all of a sudden, keeps on going for a while. And then it gets to a point where there's gonna be this giant turn coming in. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, this guy's not gonna beat me at this turn. So I try and take him at this turn. And when I go, I end up shifting like two lanes and my car basically ends up doing a U-turn on the freeway at a very, very fast speed which I don't mention for like legal reasons.
1: Right? So you lose traction in the back wheels and you spin out.
0: Exactly. Okay. And it's really real drive, right? So you yeah. spin out exactly. Yeah. So I spin out, I hit the center divider and I hit like three other cars. Oh my god. Okay. So Relative. So yeah. So that and so that incident that happened kind of ca- kind of got me to a point where um, I started thinking about, you know, what's going to happen. So what really bothered me was not so much the accident. What bothered me was two things. Number one, I walked out of there and I didn't have a scratch on me. Mm-hmm. So people came and started telling me, you know, some of those aunties they used to come and they're like, you know what, Allah, you know, Allah saved you, son. Allah saved you. I'm like, you know, I don't even believe in Allah, man. What are you talking about? You know, so I'm telling you, Allah has saved you for a reason, and there's a purpose, and this and that. I'm like, you know, I don't really believe in that stuff, but you just got ca- lucky. It just, That's yeah, exactly. Right. But it kind yeah. of, it kind of stayed in the back of my mind, mm-hmm. right? Is that you know, going that fast, there was an aspect of, you know you know i i got really really lucky i yeah. got saved so what ends up happening i kind of pretend like i'm injured okay cuz ambulance came this and that and i'm like i realize i am in big trouble so you mm. you don't want to be caught racing you don't you don't want to be i don't want to be caught racing so you I, can get
1: charged with manslaughter in california that's what was that. hap-
0: that's what was happening right yeah. so so yeah. police shows up and i'm getting scared so i'm like oh yeah, yeah my back is hurting and this and that so i end up going to the uh, emergency room and I'm like, they're like, yeah, they did some x-rays and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm actually perfectly fine. Nothing is wrong with me. But I was just like, I don't know how to process this. I need to think about what I'm supposed to be doing. Like my whole plan of running away from home is destroyed. Like everything is destroyed. My car is destroyed. Everything is, is, is going to be messed up now. So this police officer comes and he goes, I know how fast you were going. I have witnessed reports that say you were going, you know, X amount of miles per hour. Right. And... And I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. You know, that's, that's not true. And actually, it was true. But I'm like, no, that's not true. And he's like, look, I know. you. You punk. He's like, look at a like, teenager, punk kid. Like, you kid, I'm going to make sure you go to jail. Like, I'm going to make sure that they press charges and you're going to jail. Because you should not be on the street. So that's when I get released. I go home and I'm just like, if I go to jail. Life's over. Life's over, right? And I was like 19 or something, 19 or 20. Yeah. So for me, this is like... Everything's over. no more raves. No, no more.
1: No, no more m- intellectual music. No more intellectual
0: music. No more. I mean, everything going through my mind. All the movies I watch. Well, what if I drop the soap? What's gonna what's gonna happen oh to me? God. Like, every, you can imagine. Everything is going through my mind right now, and I'm just like, I'm done. Like, I'm I'm finished. I don't even know what this means. Is this life in prison? Like, what does this mean? So, uh, and he said, yeah, this is attempted manslaughter. You're going to jail. I'll make sure that you have charges pressed against you. Thank
1: goodness he didn't clock you.
0: Yeah. You know, he he, had you. Well, he wasn't there. Yeah, he wasn't there. So that's what I'm just like, you know, when he said, yeah, I know how fast you're going. I'm like, how could you possibly know? Scaring you. The irony was the number he put was exactly the number I was going right wow so I was just like how in the world did this guy figure it out so he figured out basically probably what the maximum speed was with the speed limitation on the car and figured out how fast you can go mm. so maybe that's how he got it but he got pretty you good. just gave
1: away how fast you were
0: going I did I did but, <laughs> hey, that's only if somebody goes and looks up looks up how how yeah, I'm did, a rewind what, what model the was it okay digital speed at least I didn't uh, sheikh was fast I was about to remove the digital speed um, uh, limit as well well you can, it, you can do that you can do that know, you can hack it you know computer science but uh <laughs> but you don't want to do that <laughs> that's very very dangerous that's even more dangerous yeah 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 that too so anyway so then i'm sitting there in my room and i'm just like what am i gonna do that's what started changing me so i'm like nobody can get me out of the situation my dad no matter how much money he spends he can't help me my mom can't help me none of my friends i there's nobody there for me so that's when i just decided. you know what i'm i'm done the only option i have left pray to god is to pray to god that's it so i made it to i'm just like you know what okay god i don't even know if you exist but you know if you do uh like help me and i i basically said i said if you get me out of this situation then i promise i will and i remember this very clearly i, I was very cautious very skeptical i'm like <laughs> i i promise you that i will at least put in a real effort to search for whether you exist or not wow like that was my that, that is that the most like, minimal. <laughs> that <laughs> was like my conditional draw like, <laughs> and i i, I really promise that if you help me with this i will i will really put in effort to to figure out so if this is that. true or not true if you're if you're real or not real right <laughs> so that was, that was my job it wasn't real <laughs> <laughs> no but 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 the irony was that's what oh. changed that changed my life right wow because when I found out that there's no charges against me, nothing happened at all. They just, insurance came just, insurance. And... I, didn't, I didn't even know. I, mean, I was a spoiled kid, right? So my parents are paying the insurance. I don't even know what that looks like. Yeah. I got a point or two points or something that I had to go to traffic school or something like that.
1: No one pressed charges. People no got one over pressed it.
0: charges, not, nothing. Everything else was fine, right? So after I realized that that's what happened, I was just like, this is, I didn't say Alhamdulillah, but I was just like, This is excellent This is This is is the best thing That could ever happen And now I have this internal struggle About you know what I made a promise I made a promise Was this promise Just like A state of weakness That you know People Hmm. Who are religious They just make When they get emotional And stuff Just like the Quran says About when you're on the boat And you know people Even the idol worshippers They call out to Allah So like I think I might have Encountered that story At some point Or the same mentality Comes in It's like you know what did I just make that promise in a in a, set, in a state of weakness, uh, emotional weakness because I didn't know what else to do? Or did I actually make that as a real promise? So this internal de- like debate comes into me. I'm thinking like, you know what, is it a real promise or is it not a real promise? And then I start analyzing and I'm like, you know what, what, what kind of person am I? If either I'm an extremely weak person that I just give in to the emotion, I, I hope I consider myself to be intellectually strong person. Uh, I hope to be, right versus well, you know if i'm making promises i'm just going to keep breaking them what kind of integrity is that so that's yeah that's that's an internal debate and i'm like you know no i'm like you know what no i analyzed it No, that was a real sincere reaction that i had and i meant what i said and i should stick with what i'm saying so that was my decision that changed my life i said i'm gonna stick with what i'm saying and i'm gonna start searching now i don't know what to, where to search i don't know where to go i don't know who to ask i don't know anything Mm-hmm. So all I do was I, I go to the UCI library and I say, you know what, I'm going to, and I wasn't looking into Islam at this time, I was only looking into God. So God, okay. God specifically, just whether there's a creator or not. So I go into the philosophy section again, the same section that got me away from Islam in the first place, and I start going and reading books on God. You know? Like
1: with like, Kalam cosmological argument, uh, or not even there. No, yet. no Christian even,
0: arguments, just, kind of things. Christian argue just like just any books I can find on yeah. God. So yeah, okay. most of them come up are Christian arguments, uh, and I and I start going and reading the atheist arguments. So what I start doing is I start reading the atheist arguments, saying, "Hey, can I, can I see the weakness in any of these arguments mm-hmm. or not?" Mm-hmm. And then I start reading the response to them eventually, and I start comparing the two, right? And that's kind of that is the road that kind of brought me on the direction back
1: towards islam so it was reading those arguments actually it and you reading, were like oh this is actually they have a say they exa- have a, they exa- have a weighty ex- argument
0: ex- exactly it's reading mm-hmm. the arguments that kind of first brought me back and that was the first step and then i started reading uh, other ones so some arguments didn't make sense and again i'm, I'm like 19 or 20. so philosophy was i'm not a philosophy major and i think a at lot that these-
1: time a lot of the, the the so-called big four i don't think were the big four Back like oh,
0: these Haw- neo atheists and stuff. Yeah, Hawking, yeah, yeah, Dawkins, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, Dawkins. Yeah, and, uh, Hawking, Stephen Hawking, Stephen Dawkins. Hawking. Uh, What's his
1: name? He's the biggest one out of them now, uh, <coughs> the most famous one. He's the only one around that's left. Krauss yeah. and other ones. I don't know. No, Krauss is a f- uh, Ben Maher. In no, the, the other. Uh, you know what I'm talking the about? The guy right? who comes on Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. Joe like, Rogan.
0: Joe Rogan loves him. You know? He
1: he had a debate with Joe with Peterson. Yeah, You know, you know yeah.
0: what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: he's I at know. the point now where he believes that we don't have free will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I forget, I just, just, name I forget his name because now. he's useless. Hitchens, he he no, no, Christopher
0: Hitchens died. He was another yeah, one. He was yeah, one yeah. of the Hitchens big four. One. And this is the last guy. Uh, he's like very.
1: He's I, very I, arrogant.
0: He's arrogant, but he's like soft spoken.
2: Hold on, I'm just gonna look it. I'm just gonna look it. All right, while he's looking that up, I want to go back. Cause you know, it's very. It's a story, but there's a lesson behind it and Sam Harris Sam
0: Harris oh, thank God. you I yes. <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> yeah i Allah guide him alright um,
2: uh, yeah. I want to go back to a point that you made and I think this is important for people who are dealing with skepticism they're dealing with this loss of identity and faith and you you had a part in your story which I think is a very common theme I see in a lot of these kind of I left this time came back to the story is at some point some person who didn't believe in God sits there and makes a du'a they mm. make a prayer to God and they say, "God, if you exist, X, Y, Z. Mm. And what's amazing, I think your story. What's funny is how much setup there was, I like, you know, divine setup we can call it or whatever it is, right. for a sincere prayer. And I and I've told some students and I've told some kids like, look, if you because you don't know the state of the people in your crowd, right? You think okay, you're at a Muslim event, you must be Muslim, um, and assume you're doing fine. But hypothetically, mm-hmm. you're not doing well. Your your faith is kind of shaky. Are you thinking, is this real? Is this real? I'm living in the U.S. Things are falling apart around me. I've told some students, that look if you're really, if you're doubting anything, wake up at 3 a.m. No one's going to know you woke up at 3 a.m. Go throw some cold water on your face. I'm mm. like, you know, you know what the law is? Just throw some cold water on your face because I want this to be as sincere as possible. Go put your head on the ground and say, God, if you exist, X, Y, Z. Fight, help me, guide me. If not, don't guide me. Because let's say he doesn't guide you. Mm. This is a sincere, sincere no one's ever going to know you made this prayer. Right. You woke up in the middle of the night. There's so many factors that this is as sincere as you're ever going to get in your life. If he doesn't answer you hypothetically, you can have a case against him on the day of judgment. Allah, I made dua. He didn't answer me for your... I wanted guidance. No one's going to have a case against Allah on the day of judgment, right? So that's that's the point. (laughs) And if you ask it sincerely, he will guide you. Yep. All right, so I think that's uh, something to pull out of this story. That's it's absolutely. not just for entertainment value, but you, know, you made a draw, and uh, these draws aren't—they're not for free. They're, you don't just say things, right, and say like, "Oh, does he exist? Not exist?" Like when you when you ask something sincerely, it's going to be answered. Exactly. If it's you know if it's best for you, especially for guidance, and that's answered.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yep, that's
2: a good point. You got Sam Harris, yeah? You figured it out
1: already? Oh yeah, Sam Harris. Yeah, exactly. we got Sam Harris. Uh, where were you we before the? That, so that led about me the, to he's looking
2: at god the two arguments. Oh, yeah, the god yeah. philosophy. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah,
1: yeah. And those the, the 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 current day arguments are very. Uh, I would say they're not as sophisticated as yeah. the older. Yeah, they're st- they're, they're, they're not. You yeah.
0: know? Uh, they have a lot more like data. Uh, "Quote unquote," like scientific data and stuff yeah. that they're using. They use a lot more rhetoric because, again, th- th- these
1: sophistry. You know, oh, they use sophistry yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's more for public consumption mm-hmm. than it is as an actual intellectual argument.
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot of these people who followed these guys are now feeling empty, yeah. and that's why Sam Harris has to put out books on like the importance of meditation, exactly, and reflection, exactly. And you're just like, this is pretty much this is religion. This is a new. Yeah religion circle right? yeah. yeah yeah and that's why when jordan peterson comes around they all flock to him like what <laughs> he's so smart he's religious yada 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 so that's yeah. Yeah. but you know you had to kind of find that on your own just yeah which is very uh i mean so after that you kind of go towards islam right you yes. kind of you you your inclination is now okay it, it gets something, there. yeah it's, something, it's still
0: a long process but yeah it gets yeah. there eventually. that's
1: the starting point right yeah. so wh- where where does that put you next do you start praying do you start having trying to hang out with the MSA, or is this still like an offshoot? Oh, immediately like, after. Yeah, I'm saying like, what what comes next? You know, what like, comes next
0: basically is you know once I get to the point of okay believing okay there's a good case for the existence of God, I start searching into other religions, particularly religion. Oh,
1: so you're not even you're not even on the Islam path. No, right? no, I'm
0: not on the Islam path. You're yeah. just God exists. God exists. That's it.
1: That's oh, it. perennialist so, brother.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Almost there, almost there, yeah. Divine wisdom, eternal
1: wisdom, eternal wisdom. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm almost, I'm looking into all the other religions as well. And um, like every religion or just like the... Every religion that I can can come across. You know, I remember when I was in high school, I went uh, for a debate competition in England. And uh, for some reason, we went to a bookshop. And I just had this fascination with religion during that period of time. So I bought a dictionary of religions. And I still had that book with me, so I opened that book and I start going through basically every single religion in existence about kind of what you know what do they basically teach or what do they believe. Now it was it was a not a very deep analysis, but Mm -hmm. it's looking at all these uh, you know uh, animist religions and stuff like that in different parts of the world. It says kind of what population uh, are are the people, how many are there, and kind of what are some of their basic beliefs. So I'm just going through the list and I'm just like oh. They believe in like shamans and stuff like that. I'm like, I crossed that one off. <laughs> <laughs> they cross that one off. So the vast majority, there's like I don't know, there's like five thousand religions or something in there. I'm just going through and I'm like, if something's really really small, I'm like, probably you can just cross that one off. <laughs> you know, just going through and kind of understanding all of these. And most of them, like you know. This is why I became atheist in the first place like all of these things something is wrong with with yeah. a lot of these religions you know and I think that's what, one of the reasons why a lot of people become very skeptical is they're like, oh well, there's so many bad religions out there.'m i like yeah that's that that doesn't mean that there isn't one right one though there's
1: also a lot of bad science, but you still there's a lot of bad I mean, you still there, believe to be living in science so there's a
0: lot of bad cars out there but you, yeah. still, you know there's a good car out exactly. there as well like there's there's bad everything out there you know yeah. so so that's uh I, I start doing that. And then I go back to the library, and uh, my library is pretty much my only reference because I don't have anyone to talk to that I kind of respect. Intellectually. Front. Intellectually. Like, that, you yeah. know, I, I don't have a family member I can go and talk yeah. to and be like, oh, you know. I remember one time one of my uncles, he came. He's not very practicing, but he kind of started debating me. He's like, you know, why? When I, was, when I was still Muslim like in yeah. high school, and he's like, you reject hadith? My, my dad called him over. He's like, you know. This guy doesn't even believe in hadith. He's like, oh I'm gonna convince him, don't worry. So this guy's trying to convince me to like, you know, believe in hadith. And I'm just seeing like the arguments are not very strong. And I'm just like, you know, I'm debating back and forth with him. So I don't really have anyone I can go to. Yeah. Like to talk to. Going to like khutbas growing up, the khutbas that I went to, like, you know, for weak all, sauce,
1: yeah. They're, just...
0: they're, they're extremely boring. Okay. Like they didn't appeal to me. Yeah. Okay? yeah, yeah. With all due respect to the khatib. Uh they weren't relevant to me. And you know, in all honesty, we used to probably go five, ten minutes before the Salat begins anyway. So we're not even getting most of the khutbah. If you ask me what, what khutbah do I remember for the first, you know, uh, 19 years of my life, the only one statement I remember during one khutbah was something that made me laugh. It's basically me and my brother were sitting there, we're outside, and the khatib goes, you know what, and it's it's a, it's a sunnah, to take a shower at least once a week. You know, at least on Friday you should take a shower. <laughs> We're just looking at each other like, "Oh man, this is gross." <laughs> like, you know, what the heck is that? Why some of these people smell bad? <laughs> you know? That's the only thing I remember from any khutbah like before the age of 19. Like fair I can't fair remember fair a single thing besides that, right? So that's that's kind of my background. So
1: I think he meant to say Roshed, right? That that's yeah, yeah, th- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he meant <laughs>
0: basically. Yeah, yeah. So he's like at least once a week. <laughs> We're just like, whoa, These people what? don't shower. Like, what's going on here? You know? So, so that's that's my recollection. So, who am I going to go to? I'm not going to go to that imam. I'm not going to go to my local imam. I'm not going to go to anyone, right? So, yeah. I don't have any connection with any person I can I, I feel comfortable yeah. asking religious questions to. So eventually, you know, uh, I tell my dad, you know, i he didn't know anything was happening, but I tell him like, you know, I'm kind of interested. I might join you for you know a Friday prayer or something like that. So I'm just reading by myself in the library, but then I'm like, you know, what, maybe I should go and attend this Friday prayer thing again, I should start this up again. So I start attending Friday prayer and uh, one of the people who was giving the khutbah, he was uh, he was kind of like a guy, he was like, he's the son of an imam. Uh, he, those of you who know Molana Metter, he's a Cyprus Masjid old, old-time imam. His son was basically Cal State Fullerton doing his master's degree in business management. And he used to read up on philosophy too. So one day, I'm just like sitting in the khutbah and I'm listening to him. And he mentioned something about like, like something intellectual. Ooh. And I was just like, ooh, this guy's like, this guy's kind of smart. Like this is, this is not normal. Like a, mm-hmm. it's like a, like a Muslim guy and he's giving the khutbah and he's, he's kind of like intellectual. He, he mentioned something. So I'm like, this is interesting. So I told my dad, I'm like, you know. I want to you know like just talk to this guy for a few minutes afterwards so i used to go and just ask him very superficial questions just to to test him to see Ah, if i was kind of i wouldn't ask him the deep question i was asking something a little bit more superficial and just kind of like i'm like i just want to stand next to you while you're talking to other people just to see what you're saying Hmm. so people would ask him questions you know how long should your beard be and you know he would answer fit questions and this and that and uh one day I'm just sitting there listening to him hmm. and he mentions something about uh he goes someone asked him something about uh philosophy or, or something about philosophy. Okay. And then he goes, you know, oh Imam Ghazali, he refuted the philosophers. I'm just oh. like, "Whoa, philosophers refute, that sounds interesting. Like what's this who's this Ghazali guy? Like, you know?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, Imam Ghazali, he wrote this book against the philosophers, you know, responding to their arguments." I'm like what kind of argument arguments about like god and stuff like that too he goes yeah he responded to all that too i'm like whoa what there's like a,
1: a muslim guy there's like a
0: muslim it? imam guy from like hundreds of years ago who like wrote this stuff and he's like yeah yeah is that there's a book there but but you shouldn't read it i'm like why not he's like no no it's a very advanced book it's not a book you should read so for me i'm just like i'm kind of that person Someone's like, you know what? No, you can't do it. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, I'm, I'm going to do it then. I'm going to do the exact opposite. So he's like, no, no, it's way beyond your level. You shouldn't do it. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I go online. Amazon was just like picking up at that time. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, I got the name, Ghazali. I'm going to look this guy up. So I go and buy this guy's books. I buy all the books that I can find from him. And then Amazon had the recommendations. So the moment you buy this, <clears throat> it gives you recommendation on the same topic. So I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, that looks really interesting. So there's another book. I, I bought Ihya al uh, revival of the r- religious yeah. sciences. Then I, I see this uh, other recommendation. It's uh, reconstruction of religious thought in Islam by Muhammad Iqbal. It's like a philosophy book as well. So I look at that. I'm like, that's interesting.
1: That's a modern. Is it's, that mo- it's modern. ITS right Islamic. Uh,
0: uh, I don't know if ITS published it, but it's uh, this. this one was uh, published in Pakistan or something. Oh, okay,
1: like that. okay. Yeah. That name sounds very familiar.
0: Muhammad uh, Iqbal is he's, he's the intellectual founder of Pakistan. He's a very 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 important. I'm going to edit that out. I yeah. feel very
1: I feel very ignorant now.
0: It's okay. Not everyone. Sorry, a, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. He's a poet, he's a poet philosopher basically. Uh-huh. So he he this is a guy who's very educated. Okay. His field is philosophy too. I mean, he's he's considered to be a very um, very advanced in that field. So anyway, I buy his book and I get it and I just opened the beginning and he's talking about like Immanuel Kant and he's talking about like, you know, Kant refuted Aristotle and I'm just like, whoa, this, this, is, is, this is some interesting stuff.
1: This is right up your alley at this Ex- point.
0: Exactly. So yeah. I'm just like, this is so that what, what it did was it introduced me to this idea that, hey, there's actually some smart Muslims that exist because my experience and my understanding was Muslims are just a bunch of anti-intellectual people. And that automatically reflects on the religion. Islam is like anti-intellectual or something's going on here. And now, when I get exposed to like thinkers like Ghazali, thinkers like Muhammad Iqbal, then I'm just like, and, and then he also recommended this other Imam. He recommended uh, Sheikh Abdul Hassan Al Nadwi, some of his books. Mm-hmm. So I started reading this. I'm like, oh, this guy, like, this guy actually seems like pretty intelligent. He seems to know what he's talking about. And the reality is, I'd never read any books on Islam like prior to this. <laughs> so I, I can't even. I, I'm not even. I'm not even supposed to make this judgment. I had not actually read any books at all. In, in, in my, I, honestly, before.
1: It's just your preconceived notion of what they would be if you had read them.
0: Exactly. I never actually read an entire book, I think, in my entire life um, before, before college. So like my entire, even the books we're supposed to read in high school, oh, I yeah. just read the Cliff Notes. You know, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, not, yeah. I didn't even read the whole Cliff note because that would take a lot of effort too. So I just, but I still got A's in classes, right? So <laughs> that's the problem with our school system. But I had not read any of these books. I was not a reader, right? I read comic books but I don't read actual books.
1: Catcher in the Rye. Didn't uh, read that. I, uh, did, I read
0: the Cliff Notes on it, the right? Cliff, what was the uh, other A Prayer one? for Owen Meany. I've read you know, Little Women. Lord of the uh, Flies. Lord, Lord of the Flies. Pride and Prejudice. Pride yeah. and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Sheikh, this is a good... Uh, I, I want
2: to <laughs> summarize another point that I think a lot of people miss, especially young people. Because they're not exposed to it, just like you, they don't think Islam has had very deep thinkers that yeah. thought of ev- all the questions you've ever had, all the questions someone might have. Yeah. It blows people's mind sometimes that someone a thousand years ago actually already thought about this and answered it. Not just answered it, such a good answer. Like the question's done and dead if you just knew where to look. Yep. So I think that's something people who are dealing with these doubts and skepticism, just because you haven't seen an answer to it, doesn't mean someone in Islamic history didn't already answer. It. I mean, it's 1400 years later. Do you really think you have a philosophical question
0: that was not addressed? Right. So, well, see, the problem, the root cause of the problem is we are taught in our society. That we're the most advanced people right in terms of technology we are but we're the most advanced people we're the most intelligent people and we look back at everything else the medieval ages the dark ages these people don't understand anything about the world they're just a bunch of people who believe the earth is flat they don't know you know the just they don't know what electricity is therefore they don't know anything about the world so if that's the assumption why would i grow up thinking that yep they would have answered something for me that's relevant for the first 1300 years, you know, in Islam. And and that's
2: the, what's amazing is modernity is the opposite of Islamic thought in that regard. Exactly. Modernity says today's the best. Islam says prophet generation was the best generation. The one after that, the one after that. And it only gets worse the further away from, you know, prophethood you get. Uh,
1: And I think that has to do with what you learned in public school. Yeah. What, you, uh, what they teach there, it's because, you know, you kind of, like, if, when you learn about world history, mm. you learn about, you know, Mesopotamia. That's where civilization started. Then you get into, like, Greece, Rome. And then uh, after that, that's, like, you know, the height of thought at the time. Then you mm. just
2: have. Go to the next white nation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have death, the medieval period, the, yeah. the plague, whatever. But during this time, you know, the, yeah. Europe is essentially dark. You have, you know, the whole, uh, you know, the Muslim region that's, you know, that's, that's lit up. Right, there's intellectual stuff going on. It's it's great, but none of that stuff is covered. Nope. Yeah. nope. And when you say
2: medieval scholar and stem, that's actually that's probably a big shot. When you say that's medieval, because exactly because that's a time period, yeah, not, yeah, not exactly. an, you know. Shakespeare got in trouble, I guess, for using the word medieval for a scholar, right? Oh right. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Because they understand that it's a time period, right. but yeah, but it has a negative, a negative connotation. Negative connotation today, but for us, it's like yeah, he was an amazing guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't until the the Enlightenment then everything turned around. Exactly. And it's thought right. and science and that that's. Like, I think that, that has to, uh, and,
0: exa- and I think our school system has changed a little bit. So they they incorporate like a week or two, of like, hey, there is stuff going on in the rest of the world, you know. <laughs> but again, that doesn't balance the narrative. The Silk
1: Road, uh, papyrus, gunpowder, and someone, <laughs> someone made paper somewhere. That's
0: exactly. <laughs> we we'll we'll
2: the <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> so <association>, make <you know, laughs> <get> a word. <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: I mean, your philosophy class. I mean, this is when you name all the philosophers you can name. How many of them are not white?
0: Exactly. I mean, you to
2: tell me there's no other philosophers. Where are all the Indian philosophers, the Chinese philosophers, the Muslims philosophers? They're they're yeah, miss- exactly. Until today,
0: there's there's they're still yeah. missing. African they're not, philosophers. They're not re- they're not relevant because they weren't seen in that Western philosophy tradition. So some yeah. of them, what they'll do is they'll define. This is the Western or European philosophical tradition. Yeah,
1: it's now Judeo-Christian. Or, that, that's the, that's, that's the, another term that they use. Yeah, Yeah, that's like the more uh, conservative but, right but term the, now. But the
0: problem is that every time you know, science is being presented, any subject is being presented, it's, it's being presented as if we are people who are connected now with the rest of the world. Therefore, when we present something, it is an objective, universal view of the entire world. Mm-hmm. But it's not. it's not. And it's not defined that way. And that's a huge problem huge problem
2: got it
1: definitely so you eventually make your way back to islam eventually get back to islam you find you probably make it you know get your list down a few religions and then you you end back at square one right that's exactly,
0: exactly but a different appreciation and understanding of islam Right. Because
1: you, you get to it yourself now.
0: I get to it myself. And also, yeah, I, to do this, by the way, people are like, well, how do you do this in your spare time? I dropped out of school, actually. So
1: Oh. Yeah, so I, I,
0: I dropped out of school. You
1: stopped the comp sci, I think. I,
0: st- I stopped the comp site. What happens in UCI? I was about to, I just, I'm like, I'm done with school. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't need a university education. I need to figure this out for my life first. But what happened when I went to the office, I was like, I'm dropping out. The lady's <laughs> like, well, here's my suggestion, you know you can just put your uh, admission on hold for up to 1 year and if you change your mind 11 and a half months later you can automatically enroll without having to re-register so i'm like yeah all right that's fine what well, i i already, i know i'm not coming back but you know just in case this in case go ahead go ahead and do that whatever that is yeah. make my parents happy they're like oh good he's got 12 months to do whatever the heck he wants you know so i do that so in that period i'm sitting there reading studying going reading you know these books talking start talking to a few people that I can talk to, pretty much only this one guy who you know I kind of have some confidence in. And it brings me eventually kind of back towards Islam to the point where I'm like, yeah, I want to be Muslim now. I identify as Muslim. Identify. I didn't, oh, no. didn't have the terminology back then, Uh-oh. right? I'm uh, <laughs> getting into that. But uh, yeah, I'm Please. Muslim now, but I still have a ton of questions. and okay. and, I, and I want those questions resolved. And I want answers to them. So I need to study Islam more in depth that's kind of where, where mm-hmm. I was you know. Mm-hmm. so I may, I tell my parents I'm like look I need to go study Islam and uh, because the books that I got was uh, by Sheikh Abdul Hassan and Nadwi I'm like well I've looked around and the only place I can really learn Islam is in India at the school Nadwa like mm-hmm. this is where I need to go my parents are like yeah right <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna go to India and yeah, there, there's over our dead bodies that you're gonna we're gonna let you go to India it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. so uh, they <laughs> sent me to like these local Islamic schools over here and just horrible experience, you know. If you want me to get into it, I can get into it.
1: But. Yeah, say some stuff. So, I mean, at the time, there's no IOK. Okay. No, there's, there's no, no CIU. There's there, there, so you know, I don't even are,
0: know about IOK, okay, right? I, like, I I
1: think IOK okay was happening in like someone's house. Yeah, yeah
0: it, it was. It was. Right. Yeah, That's, yeah. so. What was happening is basically again. I'm at a point where I'm still not associating with any Muslims. Okay? Oh, I'm. I still don't have any Muslim friends. Your
1: network is very. Mine. There's right. no
0: yeah. network. I'm not part of MSA. I'm not part of anything. So I'm just kind of doing this on the side. Uh, And then when I kind of become Muslim, I'm still going to the library, even though I'm not enrolled in UCI, I'm going to UCI every single day and I'm sitting in the library and I'm reading. So I'm like, well, now that I'm Muslim, I want to start praying. Okay. Well, technically I'm supposed to be praying in a group. Okay. I found these Muslims who are praying on campus. So the way I joined MSA, quote unquote, was just by praying with them. So I take a break, I go and pray with them and then I leave and they're like, you know, you should stay. I'm like, no, I got a lot of reading to do and (laughs) I would leave. Uh, so that was like my experience at the the time and then I tell my parents I'm like I need to go to this Islamic school I need to go and like continue learning this thing it's really important for me and they're like no, you're not going to travel to like a random country like India. Like we, we fled that country to come to America for the American dream, and you're going back to the place where we ran away from. Like this makes no sense at all. Mm-hmm. This is never going to happen. This is this is the the dumbest idea we've ever heard. Like from their perspective, like this makes no sense. People are dying to come to America, and you're like trying to die to go back mm-hmm. to where we where we fled from in the first place. It doesn't make sense. So they said, no, you're not doing that, but we talked to some random people for you and we found out that there's an islamic school in san diego so you go in that school in san diego and you're going to get the exact same thing so i'm thinking okay well what is it it's a madrasa right so i'm like i don't even know what a madrasa is but the only thing that i've read was i'm reading the books of imam ghazali i'm like well imam ghazali was teaching at madrasa Nizamiya, right so i'm like oh well it's one of those madrasas. so <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have i'm gonna have like a bunch of Imam Ghazali as my teacher. So I can... This is going to be awesome. I'm going to like discuss like these deep philosophical aqidah theological discussions with them. This is going to be great. I'm I'm ready. Sign me up. So my parents are like, okay, great. You know, we're, we're we're very happy. You know, we know about the Madrasa system. I'm like, yeah, I had no idea that you even knew about this. You know? Yeah. like You've you been, you like, been holding this back <laughs> from me. Exactly. You've been holding <laughs> this back. Like, I'd never even heard of like Madrasa Nidhamiya. This is going to be like one of those things I didn't even know. They're like, yo we know about madrasas, of course, <laughs> we know about madrasas, you know, so I'm just like, oh man, this is yeah. great, <laughs> so, I, I they, they're like, you're sure, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, I go to San Diego, pack up my bags, everything, go in there, live inside the masjid, oh. in San Diego, okay, so,
1: with well, the tabligi, masjid,
0: so I go there, and the first thing, right, the first thing, I go in, I meet the principal of the school, and he's like, tabligi guy, you know, full beard and stuff, and I'm like, this guy like must be one of the Imam Ghazali type guys. You know, this, is, this is pretty cool. I can ask him questions and stuff. So he's just telling me what school's going to be like. So he, he, hears my, he hears what's going on. And my dad tells him, you know, he dropped out of UCI and this and that. She's like, no, you know, son, this is, this is very bad. You should go back into UCI and you should finish your computer science degree. She's like, what? <laughs> like, what? what like, dude, I just came from atheism, right? Mm-hmm. I'm coming to an Islamic school. To like learn about Islam, and you're telling me I should go back to school, like to do my career, like something something's not clicking. So like yeah. something is just not feeling right. I'm not understanding what's going on. And then he's like, okay, I tell you what, if you're gonna come and enroll in our school, at least part time, go to like community college and do a profession because it's really important to be balanced. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like being, I don't understand what this whole being balanced means because I'm coming from a very like secular perspective here yeah 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 so i'm coming in and they're like okay well so, but the guy thinks okay fine you you're, someone
1: has to pay for the operation that's the yeah, exactly, <laughs> he's telling <you>. exactly exactly
0: <laughs> so he comes in and uh you know i come in i'm like you know i'm, I'm i want to i want to do the islamic program i don't even know what that is right yeah do yeah. the islamic program They're like, oh good we're we're just launching a new cohort it's going to be perfect we have this other teacher who just came from pakistan he's so interesting he's like uh He's like a Thailandy guy, he's a convert to Islam, he studied in Pakistan, uh, he speaks Urdu, speaks Arabic. And I'm like, I don't wanna care about the Urdu, but yeah, okay, the Arabic, <laughs> that's 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 good. He knows Arabic, that's important. So he goes, okay, you're, you're gonna really enjoy him. I'm like, okay, this is good. So we're living on campus. First of all, classes start one week late. So I'm like, you know, wait a minute, punctuality, Islam, I was reading about like some punctuality stuff and okay, that's not happening, so I'm kind of getting disappointed. Then these students, these are like, these are like, uh, forget high school dropout, these are like middle school dropout kids who are put in the madrasah, okay? They're memorizing the Quran, they have like mm. very little education. They're not there for studying Islam. They're not serious at all. Um, and then I find out, you know, I, I go into the bathroom, okay? The bathroom, is, again, I'm coming from like uh, upper middle class, you know, standards. So I go into the bathroom, of oh, it's the it's the hole in the wall, toilet, and... Above it is the shower. And
1: everything is wet,
0: right? It's just, everything is wet, (laughs) dirty, just disgusting, you know? And I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna have to shower on top of the toilet, right? I'm gonna do both. So I'm like, I was just like, okay, this is very difficult, it's dirty, uh, something's not feeling right. I'm like, you know what? It's okay, man. If I can get the answers to my questions, this is worth it, you know? So I put up with all that, class begins. Class was just, it was it was miserable. Uh, it was uh, Arabic grammar, right? This is why people are like, you know, why don't you teach Arabic grammar in the beginning? I'm like, understand where I'm coming from. I'm trying to learn Islam, I'm not trying to learn Arabic grammar. You don't want to so, drop
2: out early. Exactly.
0: You drop out early is what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm studying Arabic grammar, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I am translating uh, for the guy, into because the guy doesn't speak English. So I'm like translating
1: he only speaks two languages. So <laughs> he, he speaks
0: Arabic and Urdu. That's, that's it. And that's maybe it. or whatever, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Cambodian or something, whatever it was. So I'm. he's like, well, since <coughs> you seem to be kind of the smart, like inte- most intelligent kids in the class, you're going to somehow translate what I'm saying to the rest of the kids so that they can understand what's going on. It was like this translation thing. We're trying to learn Arabic grammar. And then we're going and learning a, a book called Zewar, which is like a, a fiqh book on Islamic law. Basic hanafi fiqh book. So for me, I'm like I, I didn't even know I'm going into like a Islamic law program. Okay, I'm going in there to learn Islam, whatever that means. So I, I'm exposed to okay, well, you know, if uh, if you have a mouse and the mouse falls into your jar of clarified butter, how much of the butter do you have to scoop out before that butter is considered pure? And I'm just looking at this. What is this like, what is this and then, if a donkey falls into a well yeah. right how much of the water do you have to scoop out before your wudu will be valid and we're sitting there the whole like the whole month we're sitting there and I'm just like these are the the same this, this, this Imam Ghazali man like is this and, and you know I, I, I don't know yeah, Imam Ghazali wrote about this stuff too he's got books addressing all these issues but again I, I don't have a, a, a holistic conceptual view, yeah. a holistic yeah. view of this thing and i'm not coming in there for this reason then when i find out the majority of the students in class the majority of my classmates during break time they're always leaving and they're going in the back and i don't know what they're doing i find out that they're smoking weed in the back oh, this is so great. so i'm just like okay man so been there done that yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm just like what is it? first of all none of these guys want to be here okay yeah. none of them are very educated they're definitely not intellectual and then they're out in the back smoking weed like, is this is this what I like left mm-hmm. everything behind yeah. for? So I'm very, very disappointed. So I'm like, I want to get out of here. So uh, my parents find out they're like, oh, well, you know, we have some inside information. One of the teachers who used to be in San Diego, he knew there were problems in San Diego. So he actually started his own school in Cerritos. So you can transfer into his school and you are not going to have any of these problems. So I'm like, OK, great. So, let's do that. So, I transfer over to his school. It turns out to be ex-military. Uh, you know, he's very, like, just a very rough style. He's a nice guy and all that, you know, deep down. But, so I go into his school and we start studying the same thing. It's, again, it's, it's Arabic grammar, primarily, and it's, it's Islamic law.
1: That's the madrasa system. That's the
0: madrasa system. But, again, yeah. but you, I'm you, thinking... You just think madrasa... Madrasa, is madrasa. This, this, yeah. You know, this is yeah. mid, middle age height golden period of islam where people are getting this comprehensive awesome education and all that so i'm going in there and i'm studying this stuff and the same problem happens right living you know in the facilities i was driving back and forth but people are living on campus in the masjid basically none of these students want to be there right some you know i still know some of my classmates none of them want to be there um they're not serious they're not doing their homework and what i'm studying is not what. what i originally came for mm-hmm. right yeah. so he was very hardcore like you know if you you if you make one mistake in arabic grammar you will do 20 push-ups and then you'll stay in push-up position until he calls on everyone else and then it's your turn again and if you make a mistake in one uh, conjugation of a verb you do another 20 push-ups if you get it right, you can get out of push-up positions. You'll stay in plank, basically, until you go around. So the cool thing about the class was- You got you're, really you, fit? You're, I, either you're gonna learn Arabic really well, or you're gonna be really fit, you know? So you win either way, you know? So, so, so for me, I was the guy who was doing this homework and this and that, and the thing is, they were not progressing. They were not moving forward with the classes. Yeah. So I'm just like, and uh, and just the whole mentality of the thing, I'm like, what is, you know, what is going on? And that, then I started to, I began to understand why everyone who's looking at me and I'm telling them, I want to go learn Islam. They're like, you know, son, you, you're such a smart kid. Why, why would you want to go learn Islam? Like, why would you want to go to like an Islamic school? Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're smart. That's for like dumb people. Like, why would you do that? And I began to understand the mentality only later. Because what I'm, what's happening is two things are simultaneously happening. I'm in this curriculum doing this stuff. And I'm like, this is not what I really want to do. But I'm continuing to read all the books on the side. So, while I'm reading all these books on the site, I'm reading Abul Hassan al Nadwi, I'm reading about Western civilization, Islam and Muslims, how the Muslim world in the 20th century has the effects of colonization, uh, the effects of decolonization. I'm beginning to understand that I'm piecing together this narrative of something has gone wrong, right? And, and this still, is the
1: manifestation of it in and front th- of you.
0: Ex- exactly. So, yeah. now, now I'm beginning to understand so this is exactly what has happened. This is the thing that has gone wrong. Yeah. So, I still have in my mind this mentality. That uh, you know, there's got to be some golden age, you know, Islamic school out there that I can find, mm-hmm. and it's going to be like the place for me. You know? So that's what I do. I leave that school, and then I joined the pre IOK before it was IOK. So mm-hmm. IOK was there. So I meet I meet Sheikh Noman. Uh, Farhan was my classmate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheikh Farhan was my classmate in UC Irvine. Mm-hmm. So I go and I join IOK, and I'm like, okay, well, this is much nicer in the sense that. Uh, you know Sheikh Naaman a, He's an he's a intellectual guy He's a business professional You know He was a mm-hmm. tech as well He's nice He has good character Good akhlaq So for me Like on the akhlaq part I'm like This is perfect It's a lot better Than what I was experiencing So what they're trying to do Is they were trying to like Revise the madrasa system And make it like nice Make it like uh, More compatible With like Our cultural values mm-hmm. But when it comes To the curriculum At that time At least It was Almost the same thing uh, it was taught in a nicer manner, but again, the focus is either on law and the focus is on uh, you know Arabic grammar and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, what? okay, I can, I can put up with this for a while uh, as long as I'm progressing. What ended up happening was is that, again, it was in its infancy, infancy stages. The other students who were there, they were a lot more serious than the previous ones, but they weren't serious enough to be doing their homework completely. So for me, I'm like, look, this is my entire life mission. Like I left my school, I left everything behind. This is my 100% occupation. Nothing else matters to me except this thing. So I'm doing all my homework, I'm advancing this and that, and what keeps happening is, students are not really doing their work and this and that, so they end up going and repeating, they say, oh, well, we're gonna repeat the same material again. Oh boy. So, be, be, so I'm, I'm like, look, this is, that's not fair, you know? Cause like, I did my homework, why do I have to go through the same class again? And then it happens like a second time. And a third time, and I'm just like, no, this is too much now, you know? So um, I'm trying to find a private teacher uh, who can just kind of like teach me on the side or something like that. I can't find anyone who's gonna dedicate full time for me. Obviously, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, who's gonna dedicate the entire day to just keep teaching me the whole time? So that doesn't work. So I'm like, look, I need to go somewhere. I need to get out of here. There's gotta be a solution for me. So I tell my parents, I'm like, look, I have to go. they're like, you're not going at all, but what we'll do is we'll make a deal with you. Here's the deal. Because you're not finding what you want in California over here. So here's what we're gonna do. You finish your degree at UCI, go re-enroll, finish your degree. The moment you finish your degree, we're gonna let you go to India, where you wanted to go. So I'm like.
2: They thought you would give up.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, they did they, hoping, right? So, so, like,
1: so he's gonna get the comp side degree, get a they, job at Google, and forget ex- forget ex- any ex- of this ever happened.
0: Exactly, yeah. that's yeah. what yeah. their expectation was, right? So I go back in, um, I re-enroll, before 12 months are up, I'm back in, and, but I'm back in, but something is totally different about me because now I'm Muslim. I'm still reading, but now I have this value for knowledge. right? So like I care about the idea of learning, not so much learning computer science as a career, but just learning in general. Right? I just have a different perspective because when you read those books on Islamic thought and everything, the, there's this importance of knowledge in general, which helps you through life. So now I'm just not coming in there like I just got to finish a degree. Mm-hmm. I do value the knowledge, but at the same time, I want to get this degree quickly done and I want to get to my real knowledge that I need.
1: To so you're, you're like laser focused now. You're, you're no. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So now I go take a full load of classes. And I end up making up the entire year that I missed by just taking a full load of classes. So I finished, graduated in like three years.
2: MashaAllah. Right?
0: So, and, and, you know, it can be done actually less than that. So, yeah,
2: people at UCI, the computer side guys, they, yeah. do, it, they do it every year. Yeah,
0: yeah so, so Sheikh Muneib, he's, uh, you know, someone else in our community. So I when he was joining UCI, I told him, I'm like, look, you know, I'm a latecomer to like valuing knowledge. You grew up in like a very intellectual family. Mm-hmm. You're an educated guy. You are, you know, you're intelligent. You're doing computer science at UCI, I guarantee you. If I did it in three years, I'm telling you you could do it in two years. And he's like, T- that's not possible. I'm, like, I'm telling you you can do it.
1: You're taking so, like 20, 30 units a quarter or yeah, a semester?
0: Yeah, just, you handle it, you handle, including summer, right? You just do summer oh. as well, yeah. So he kind of disappointed me. He did it in two years and one quarter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he, he could have easily, if he just put a little bit more effort, he could have easily done it in two years, right? The thing is you could do all these classes in two years. So I come in there, just dip- different mentality, right? So I go in there, finish all my classes. At the same time, I'm still reading and studying. I continue with IOK before it was IOK. You
1: have excellent time management skills. don't have nothing else yeah. going on. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> nothing
0: else <laughs> happening, right? <laughs> Jake, if, if you don't mind
2: me pausing the narrative, because you made a jump here. So you took a year off. Yes. And I wanted to ask you about that. Do you? So you obviously had a rougher time doing it. But nowadays, there. So when I was in Texas, there were a lot of kids at Qadam. And yeah. the Khanum Institute is in uh, Texas with Sheikh Abdel Jengda, Hussein yeah. very great institute and they do like a one year program and they have lo- longer ones as well but what's your perspective now that we have kind of established in- institutions here in the US some student he's in college he's, he's two years in maybe less maybe more he says I want to take a year off to go kind of study my dean so to speak just for a year do you think that do you encourage those kind of things or you say like finish your degree first don't fall behind so to speak on mm, your no. progress or should you do that come back i
0: absolutely encourage studying your dean first because here's what's going to happen any any program of university program pretty much uh across the country it's going to have a liberal arts cur- you know uh yeah. curriculum so you're gonna have to study either philosophy anthropology sociology psychology you're gonna have to study something that has uh, a non-technical aspect which is going to affect your understanding of the worldview. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna affect your worldview completely yeah is it better to have a strong islamic foundation when going in or to go in and then go and try and fix whatever mm-hmm. little brainwashing has taken place right uh, i'm definitely a proponent of the first one
2: between high school and college is that between probably ideal abs-
0: yeah. ideal is between high school and college and if it's even possible have a good strong high school curriculum while going through but yeah outside of that Right after high school, I recommend getting accepted, deferring your enrollment for a year. I mean, Mormons do it, you know, the, the LDS church. Everyone has to do And then do they this. go on their mission. They go on yeah. their missionary. They have to finance it themselves. I mean, I can talk more about that in detail, but they have to work in high school to finance themselves to go make missionary work around the world somewhere before they jump into college. And they're still getting into great colleges. They get into a good career. Like it's very doable. It's not that it's not doable. So yeah, my advice is right after high school, take a year off and go straight into like some Islamic studies program, solidify yourself. Now two things are going to be accomplished. Number one, you get into university, you're going to be protected. -hmm. Protected. You're going to not only protected, but you're going to be able to filter the information that you have and actually contribute to the discussion in a completely different way. So it's not just about protecting yourself, like living in a bubble it's about being able to contribute to the knowledge discussion that's taking place number 1 number 2 your experience in like a muslim student association it's going to be totally different. You can actually contribute to the MSA. So now you're a producer rather than just a consumer hoping that if my MSA is strong, they're going to make me strong. Now you can actually yeah, help that. make your MSA stronger. <laughs> 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 you guys know that experience, exactly. Yeah. So Cal Poly Slow, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds Sh- credit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we were so <laughs> it's better now it's better now. it's better Alhamdulillah. Yes. To so yeah i mean i definitely yeah i would i would recommend that that's ideal that that, that should be the standard for. i all think
1: nowadays things. it's even more important over the past
2: uh, half decade or so things have gotten really out of control Absolutely. in the university yeah. so this is uh i mean you have to what's funny is you're saying to undo the brainwashing that happens in college a lot of it's happening now middle school high school yeah, yeah. so by the time you get to your islamic thing between high school and college you're like what
0: yep exactly <laughs> and then
2: you're gonna go to college hopefully you've kind of laid some foundations yeah exactly so what if uh hypothetically yeah. there's no institution around you do you know any institutions that someone could study through online
0: <laughs> yeah good question yeah so that's where uh, that's, I this is time for the plug this is the plug right <laughs> yeah, so it. so that's why i started california islamic university right so that's the that's what uh, a kind of a curriculum a kind of more balanced curriculum that i wanted for myself mm-hmm. uh that's structured it's professional it's organized and you could do it potentially online. So you're living in Alabama somewhere, and you're like, okay, you have a family like mine that's like, you're not traveling anywhere. You're gonna stay right here. Well, what do you do? You got two options, either take off one year, or if you're jumping into college, or even if you're senior year of high school, you simultaneously do an Islamic curriculum online while you're doing your regular school as well. And that's gonna really give you a solid foundation to protect you and to make you someone who can actually learn uh, be it contributing you know Muslim mm-hmm. on campus so I, I, I highly highly recommend people yeah. do that you know yeah. I, ideally if you could take off the entire year that's great yeah. if you could take off two years that's even better you know I mean again it it's this is not about people becoming scholars mm-hmm. this is about this is the cost of living
2: it, line, to, it's, this is what you gotta know
0: it's the cost of living in western society right it, you know a lot of immigrant parents are not understanding that this is not back home you can't just leave the kid and all of a sudden he's gonna naturally just grow into the same way he would have like in Syria or Palestine or, or where
2: Dan's playing five times a day exactly
0: yeah. exactly it doesn't matter how religious you are that
2: took a village
1: to do that we don't have that village
0: exactly and, and, yeah. and also even in those places it that's changing that mm-hmm. we, we you know with globalization the influence that's coming into those places that was a generation ago yeah right that it's changed Right? And, yeah. and, and even, th- even if that was Your minimum standard Which it shouldn't be Because there's a lot of Weird practices You know that are yeah. going on there Even if that was The minimum standard You're not even going to Reach that minimum standard That's the cost here You have to invest yep. Extra yeah. time th- People need to wake up to that Wake yeah. up to the reality So now there's alternatives That are there So uh, Cal Islamic is, is an, an option For an alternative And there's a lot more Alternatives yes. out there, yeah. Which is awesome you know? Alhamdulillah so, Alhamdulillah
1: Alhamdulillah Can we go Let's go back to the narrative though. We okay. want to make it We want to make it To your eventual Uh like
2: where you're sitting now. So um, how do you, where we, we were at the, he's, he's contributing back to his MSA. He's oh, just, you're contributing he's back to, back to MSA. the MSA. I
0: re-enrolled in college. You re-enrolled yeah. in college. Okay. You, you, you just, finish it uh, real quick. Full-time full time schedule. I'm reading right. on the side. Yeah. And what's happening is because I'm reading, so I'm not really part of MSA technically at this point in time. You're too busy. No, not so much too busy. So here's what's happening. It's like, uh, you know, and I fault myself for this, but I'm, I'm telling you what my mentality was at the time. Okay. Got it. I'm not telling you what I believe about MSA now <laughs> okay so what's happening is I'm reading all this stuff and I'm coming in and I'm praying with the MSA people because we're pray we pray together as Muslims I get that part but then when I look at my MSA or MSU for UCI right
2: um, <laughs> <they're>,
0: <laughs> they you know even though MSU uh, at UCI even in my day was one of the more active MSA's in the country from my perspective I'm going and reading and i'm coming in here and i'm realizing it's more of a social club yeah right and people are socializing and a lot of them don't know very much about islam and they don't take islamic studies as seriously as i'm taking it right so for me i'm coming in a totally different you know uh, perspective so i'm going in there and they're like come on man you know socialize with us i'm like socialize with you like i'm i gotta go read like i'm supposed to i'm here to learn about islam you guys want to come and like read with me? Do you want to, uh, you know, start learning Arabic with me? Do you want to, hey, you want to read some of these books? And they're like, no, no, let's just hang out. You know, we're just going to have like a hangout thing. So for me, I was very, uh, I was not into this whole hangout culture, right? And I understand now. Some
1: people need it.
0: That's what I'm saying. Some yeah. people need it. There's, yeah. a, there's a very important value that it plays. Yeah. But during my, my experience, at that time, I'm just like, look. It's not for you. I, I don't need this, yeah. right? Like, that's good. It would be nice and fun and all that. But first of all, keep in mind, like, with all due respect, you know, I love my Muslim brothers and sisters, but like, I'm coming from a non Muslim friendship culture, right? Yeah. So, the, what do I have in common with most of these Muslims? Like, it's just the Islam part, right? So, for me, it's, it's hard for me to even socialize with them because I've been socializing with like non Muslims my whole life. That the type of things that we do, we talk about and all that, I'm still in a transition phase. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's hard for me to even socialize with them. Because I'm not used to that. It, they're not like if I had a hundred people to choose from, I wouldn't just choose the Muslim if I had you know yeah. anyone to socialize with. So for me, the socializing part is not important for me, it's the knowledge component, the knowledge part that's really important for me. And yeah. I and I felt like there was almost like a pushback uh, against me at the time. Like this guy's just, I, I people kept saying, you know, this guy's too serious, you know, something's you guys, you got to be more chill. Like, you know, why are you so serious all the time? You come in here and you know, and I would—it's not that I wouldn't smile, I wouldn't talk to people, but people just had this issue that you know this guy's just just too serious, you know. So he doesn't want to hang out, he doesn't want to socialize for a long period of time. So that was a an issue that I had, and then things would start late, and I'm like, w- w- where's the where's the revival like you know i was reading about islamic revival in like different oh, yeah. countries
1: the wrong part of the
0: <laughs> exactly so I, so I started a project called project revival basically revival of islam i posted up notes like you know on on the msa wall like you know we're going to start all activities on time prayer will start on time you know we should never make commitments unless we're going to keep them i got hadith references on the side and everything i'm like you know who's really dedicated who's going to sign up you know to do this i was getting frustrated like a lot of the leadership they're not waking up for fajr i'm like dude we need fajr network wake up network, we need to get this in, in progress. And people are like, Man, why are you being so serious? Man, you're bringing like this, <laughs> this seriousness aspect into MSU. That's it's funny, easy.
2: your seriousness is like the base level it's of the It's the base now. level,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, the, so, for me, that's kind of weird. And now, all of a sudden, the way I get recruited into MSA or MSU is basically they realize, Hey, this guy is not really into this whole socializing thing, but this guy seems to be like more knowledgeable than we are. Why don't you come and teach us? So I'm like, oh okay, you want me to like teach a class? But like I don't even know anything. Like I'm I'm a brand new Muslim. They're like, No, no, you know a lot more than we know. So I read a few books, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, teach us. So I'm like, okay, I'll teach you. So I start a class. I start like an Islam one oh one class. Then I start a Sira class. Then I'm learning Arabic, so I taught I start an Arabic class. So I started getting students I don't even know Arabic completely. I know like <laughs> I know like I'm on chapter ten, so I start teaching from chapter one. <laughs> so and then so some people come and they're like You know, they're Arabs, and they're like, man, you know. Oh, yeah,
1: they're definitely like, this Pakistani Look at
0: this Pakistani guy. (laughs) This dude don't even know Arabic, and he's going to teach an Arabic class. I'm like, look, I'm doing this because no one else is teaching. Why don't you teach an Arabic class? Oh know. no, I can't teach an Arabic class and this and that. You know, Arabs know their Arabic and blah, blah, blah. And we're getting into debates on and grammar. Great misconception. And, yeah, just, you know, hey, a big misconception. You know, this guy knew his Arabic, by the way. Some people they know the Arabic because they come from an Arabic country. They go through Arabic medium. Their grammar is good, everything. They have no passion to teach. Oh, yeah. So they're not going to teach. They're not going to do anything. So I'm teaching all these classes. That's how I kind of got. I sucked into MSA, I say, in mm. in a sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing that, and then yeah, and then I start to socialize with people. Uh, there's an importance dawa related element to it, and all that. That was pretty much my experience with uh, MSA and MSU, and then then they start making me do khutbas, you know. So now all of a sudden, I start doing khutbas. I'm like, well, how did this happen? You know, I'm like the latest guy. Uh, I'm like the latest addition to Islam here, yeah. uh, out of out of all of you. Why would I be the one giving khutbah And it's just basically the simple thing. It's like if anyone who can read like three books on Islam. Is basically the most knowledgeable person in the entire MSA. Like, if you just take one person, like in an average MSA across the entire country, okay? If you just take one person, you take him out for one week, and you educate him, he'll come back the most knowledgeable person in the entire MSA, probably or maybe number two, right? And that's just the reality of like.
2: No, this is this is a great point, point. Yeah. and you were talking about how you couldn't I'm socialize, laughing, but with it's it's the, true with the Muslims versus the non-Muslims. What's funny is, so I went when I went to college. I was in, like, a big, big part of the MSA. I knew, like, Ahmed from freshman year, right? So I knew the MSA members, but I was living with non-Muslims for the first four years. Mm. What's funny is the deepest conversation I had, philosophical, intellectual, whatever, those conversations I had with non-Muslims because those guys, they read books, and I read books. So we could have, like, actual conversations about something that's not what you eat, where'd you go to, what is this halal, not halal? Like, you know, there's, yeah. there's like, a real substance to a conversation. I, know it's, I mean, it's really sad Yeah,
0: that- it is sad. Yeah,
1: yeah I didn't read, so I... I- yeah. We, we were talking about stupid
0: stuff. Yeah, it, it, but, but see here's the thing. So one we need to encourage that. I think yeah. what you're saying, it's a good yeah. point. We need to encourage that. And number two, we need to we need to facilitate that for people who are interested in those things. So what's happening is even though, you know, you may meet a lot of people, you don't know who's interested in this stuff and who reads and who doesn't read. It's very hard. So what happens is you're so used to like, oh, well, what's uh, the the latest kebab shop that just opened? Man, they have the best kebabs. So you you get into that socializing mode and you think everyone's like that and you don't realize, hey, this guy, I could have actually talked to him about something way deeper, but we end up talking about like the kebab shop or something like that, right? So we need to change this narrative. We need to facilitate like some kind of spaces. A book club? Like a book club or a discussion club or something like that where people who are a little bit more well-read are going to be attracted to come there. And, you know, not necessarily the incentive is to have a good discussion. Yeah. You know, you don't even need to have like the best coffee or something like that. Yeah. So I think we're, we're focusing too much on the superficial aspect of like, you know, and your coffee was great, by the way. But like we're focusing on like...
1: Thanks to my wife, That's it, yeah, Alhamdulillah.
0: Alhamdulillah. There's the masculinity part of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But the thing is, like, we're, when we're talking about like, we're going to develop this Muslim coffee shop. The, the the idea is, oh, well, the coffee's going to be like this, and the design's going to be like this, and it's going to look like this. Well, where's the... The coffee. Where's, no, where's the substance of it, yeah, right? Yeah. Where's the, uh, the where's the intellectual discussion? What are you trying to foster here, right? Is it... Is it, uh, is it uh, I wouldn't want to say superficial uh, socialization, but just kind of like recreational socialization? Yeah. Or yeah. some kind of like...
2: It's like the nine-to-five social. When you go to work, these guys talk about... Nothing. That's I just nothing I, of real I, <laughs> substance to be like. Oh, we connect so- about right. something. I, don't know. Right. Right. I
1: mean, right. I I know that MSAs we, they they do tend to be more social clubs, but coming from someone who definitely needed that, mm. I know a lot of people also yeah. needed that too. I, that's what Th- I'm that you know that within itself stopped someone from going to a party, stopped someone from seeing their girlfriend yes. that night, and that. Might have been enough I, I, you know I, what I agree I agree. That's why uh, I say In
0: retrospect, in when, retrospect I look, when I look back I'm like That was extremely valuable like had, Everyone's not going to Fall into that But I'd say Most people Need the socializing As a priority yeah. And the knowledge stuff Is like second For them in terms It's of funny like, If you want
2: to summarize All Muslim youth problems Like really Superficial summarization yeah. They had a bad bad friend group at the end of the day, yeah. they were with the wrong crowd at the wrong time of their life. They had yeah. been with a good crowd. If I was with a crew younger, was praying five times, like, yo, i are going to go to the masjid. You're just going to do what the guys tell you to do. That's right. The peer pressure is to go to the masjid in real yeah. Quran. That's what the peer pressure is going to tell you to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The
1: most religious guy in our MSA was the guy who prayed five times a day. Yeah. Right? So yeah exactly. When he showed up, he's like, whoa, this guy prays five times a day. And I was like, and you didn't? Like, what, what is, you know, what is, what is yeah. so, uh, we had one guy who showed up and gave like a khatara one time and we were like oh mashallah this guy's like really knowledgeable but then he ended up leaving and saying we weren't serious enough about Islam mm. turned out he was Ahmadiyya <laughs> <laughs> twist
2: we didn't even know what that was until like wait until, you told he, until he told us Jesus already came back we're like, mm. we are like oh yeah we
1: found out at an MSA function like an MSA 101 interfaith. interfaith and then they're talking about Different groups believing in Jesus And then what the, our guy was like Oh yeah, we believe Jesus is going to come back and, and then this guy raised his hand And he's like Oh, well, I'm Muslim But Jesus already came back And we're like The whole room just kind of <laughs> goes silent. <laughs> <like laughs> so that guy was more knowledgeable Than everyone else it's SubhanAllah <laughs> SubhanAllah Alhamdulillah But you eventually You eventually graduate
0: I eventually graduate, and you and go overseas. I, I I go straight to my parents, and I tell them, I said, you know what? Promise is the promise, right? I kept my promise to Allah, you know, in my capacity, and you're obviously gonna keep your promise. And they're like, uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, no, that's not gonna happen. Like, you know, you were this this fad of Islam was supposed to dissipate by now. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, it's been like two years. You should have like this Islam thing should have been out of your system by now. So, uh, like. No, you're not going anywhere. Like, you know, you need to go, go get a job. Like, like no, go get a job and then go get married and settle down. And, and I'm like, no, I really want to go. They're like, well, uh, get a job and then we'll talk. Oh, I'm just like, come on. This is, this is not fair, you know? Yeah. So I said, okay, fine. I got no money now. So I lost uh, all the stock market, remember? <laughs> so never, never got, uh, since that margin call came in, uh, the margin from my father was cut off as well. So all oh. that, because he knew what was happening, right? So he once he found out I was running away, all my accounts are completely cut, right? So I have zero money. Yeah. I'm completely dependent on parents now. Whatever little amount of independence or trust they had in me was completely just... Fizzled. Yeah, f- pulled out from, from under me. So now I'm... Now I'm done, I have no money, graduated Parents paid for tuition so I don't have loans Which is good, you know, most people today have like Loans and stuff Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So I start applying, get a job So I get a job And I'm sitting there doing really good uh, You know, my mentality Also has changed, right, so I'm like You know, very punctual, very hard working Because I'm, I'm reading in these books that Muslim is supposed to do all these things So they're like, man, this guy's like star employee You know, it's like to the point where my boss is telling me That like, uh you know you need to just slow down in terms of working because this is this is a problem because you're working so fast we don't have projects anymore to give you because you keep finishing them so the next time i tell you that a project supposed to take a week it better not be done in one did
1: day did you work for yeah. the government or something no no, no i work <laughs>
0: for a tech
2: <laughs> silicon valley would love you today yeah, yeah, what know, is going on. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so i'm working for a tech company it's like a company called aqueduct and uh you know they're they're telling me like okay you know we brought you in this position you're doing great but you just you need, you need to, to
1: slow down you need
0: to slow down because it's making you're us so look serious bad. chill you're, 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 you're done and <laughs> it's like you need to chill out i'm like all right fine so after a few months i'm making you know pretty decent money and everything i'm living at home so all the money is going into my account and then as soon as i just have just enough like three months or something i'm like you know what I like to come and tell my parents i'm like you know what do you want do you want me to go you want to send me to india now they're like no, I keep working I'm like well now you can't stop because now i just reach a threshold where i have enough money to go and pay myself i can go on my own and i'll figure out the rest later they're like oh this is this is a big problem now right like this guy is actually financially independent now he's got enough money and he's really going to do it so what can we do like the last the last uh, you know arrow in their quiver or the last thing in their arsenal mm-hmm. is okay i tell you what there's this dream you've always had you've had that Ferrari Testarossa poster on your wall when you were a kid. Do you remember that car? I'm like, yes, I remember that car. I said, we know you. You like that car, right? I said, yes, I like that car. I said, if you don't go, we're going to go to the dealership, and we're going to buy you that Ferrari. Whoa. Don't go. A Ferrari? Ferrari. <laughs> Ferrari, right? So, and my parents are very well off, you know? Mashallah. So, alhamdulillah. So, and because just think about their mentality. They're so afraid of what can happen to me. Here there, is Dunya. Right? This is <laughs> this is Dunya but again in, in retrospect
1: they're giving it to you. They
0: no in retrospect no, they're, they're afraid they're, of what they're, they're, afraid. Yeah. they're afraid. Yeah. In retrospect they're afraid.
1: That's how that, and that's sad because that's how afraid they are.
0: That's how scared they are, right? You, you and, know, and in uh, a way in a way actually they had some legitimate concerns. Okay? Like again, they are living they're coming from Pakistan technically. Even though my dad was born in India, they don't know anyone in India. Right, so if they would, say, if they would have, if I would have chosen Pakistan, maybe they would have been a little bit more comfortable, perhaps. Yeah. Pre nine eleven, especially, right? But, but this is post nine eleven, anyways. Yeah. So they they would be a little bit more comfortable. But this is India. They don't know a single person in the whole country. There's no connection to this land at all. Got so it. a foreign country, uh, their perception of you know. Madrasas are already not good perception. Maybe
1: the perception of India itself is not Perception of India against yeah. Muslims is yeah, a problem in not and the of best. itself.
0: Yeah. Uh, you got uh, this Orange County kid. How the heck is he going to live in India? So he couldn't take, the, the, he couldn't the, take pee, pee, the pooping hole in San Diego. Exactly. He's not going to. You know, he didn't want the shower on the, on the hole in the wall toilet. This guy's going to you know live in India. Uh, oh, God. And, then, and then he's an American on top of that. Right. So you walk around with an American passport. And he's gonna be spotted immediately now I don't understand these things until I get there like people can see you from a mile away I don't I don't get that but they know that they're like you know they can they will tell that you're an American from a mile away mm-hmm. and I'm just like I don't know I don't know I don't know why that why that would be so they have a legitimate concern in retrospect I understand their concern so if some you know some kids are like yeah my, my parents are doing the same thing see I'm like you know what they they have some legitimacy yeah, in what yeah. they're saying you know so, but anyway, so I'm adamant. I'm like, no, this is the place. This is the only school that I think is going to have uh, the Imam Ghazali type that I'm looking for. Like, yeah. Sheikh Abul Hassan Nadwi is going to be my teacher or something like that. Based upon what I've read on their website, based upon the books that I read from him, based upon some other books. So we go and we visited the school and this and that. And my dad went with me and uh, he, he saw that people are kind of nice and, you know, things are comfortable. So I tell him, I said, I am going. So their last option was, look here going to buy you this dunya and don't go you can still go to a local islamic school here we're not going to stop you but you don't go over there and you get this car and you enjoy and you can you can drive up and they're like once you become an imam you're going to be the coolest imam you're going to drive up in a ferrari and you'll be like the ferrari Ferrari. (laughs) you'll be the ferrari imam don't you want that and then like some of my other friends like yeah dude that would be really cool man you know so i'm just like you know i'm like that doesn't fulfill what i'm trying to get because right? I'm not finding here what I'm trying to get Yeah. So I'm like no mom, dad It's not going to happen, I'm, I'm going Whether you like it or not, so I make a decision I tell them I'm going, so all of a sudden they back off And they're like okay you know what, since you're going You know what, we actually are supporting you So they wanted to like, they switched their position They're like yeah yeah we will pay your ticket and everything like that So in the end they end up supporting me Like right before I'm leaving And they're like yeah you know we're gonna We, we don't really like what you're doing but if this is what you want You do it, so I end up in India MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah.
1: And you spend, that's where you, Islamic studies. No, out. no, no, no.
0: So I, it starts. It's, oh. It starts in India. But then the struggle, like you said, it's not linear. Uh, you know, it's not a linear process. So my coming back to Islam was not a linear process. My studying Islam was not a linear process. So, okay. So I go into India. I get there. Um, you know, just summarizing some of the things. I get there and, and, and... This is
1: the same madrasa you visited with your... Phone. Same,
0: yes. But let me explain something. They put you. on
1: the facade when you, when so the you visit...
0: This, the, when you visit a place, right? It's like, like this university researcher coming from like Harvard, going into like some random desert land, right? And they come in with all their supplies and stuff. And they walk in and... They see all the people, they're like, This is so interesting, you know, these these people live a primitive lifestyle and, <laughs> and you know, oh look look at the type of food that they eat. They'll sit down, like have a meal, like, Oh, this is very interesting food and so but but at the end of the day, you're just gonna go and live back in your hotel and you're gonna fly back and that's it. It's totally different lifestyle for you. So that's what my visit was. Like, oh this looks pretty nice, everything exotic, looks yeah. Look exotic, <laughs> yeah, exactly, so like it's a romanticized version of like everything looks pretty cool, you sit on the floor during classes, this is going to be really interesting, but when you get there, it's just totally different, when you have to live in that environment, it's just totally different, especially if you're coming from Orange County, right, so, yeah,
1: Orange County is a very uh, nice suburb here in uh, SoCal, yes, so that's, e- ex- uh, yeah. E- yeah,
0: I have a cousin in, in England, they're like, oh, there was a show uh, called Orange County, is it true that you guys pay like $10 for a bottle of water in like Newport Beach or something? of like that? I'm like, no, that that's a little bit exaggerated. $6.
1: <laughs> it, it,
0: it, it's, about, it's about $6. Exactly. <laughs> so the thing is, people even know now about it because of the show. They know yeah. about this Orange County. You know, it's it pretty like a nice, posh area. It's, it's supposed to be a good area. Yeah. So I'm coming from, that's my whole life is spent here. Okay? Yeah. So born and raised here, grew up here. I visited different parts of the world, but you know.
2: You didn't live it like that.
0: You, you live in a four star, five star hotel. Yeah. Right? I visited india when we visited india we literally stayed in the hotel that used to be a palace converted into a hotel right so that's where we stay so you live in there like Jaipur. it's like this used to be like the palace of the prince or pasha or whatever and then we turned into like a five-star hotel now so if you're living there but then you go to the village like in the day and you're like, wow, this is really interesting how these people eat like their uh, lentils and their rice and let's join them for a meal. I'm like, yeah, I've experienced India. No, you have not experienced India until you live there. Like yeah. you're, you're living with the people and you, like, you're like, you there. So I get there, I arrive and uh, my dad is very worried. He's concerned, He's like, what's gonna happen in this and that. So he calls in one of his contacts, a contact of a contact and says, hey, somebody knows someone in that school. Identify, hey, there's an American student coming. Please give him some special attention. So they're like, okay, we're gonna take care of this guy. We're gonna give him special treatment. So here's the special treatment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and th- see for, for, for them, no no for them. It's, it's not like what you're thinking, maybe. It's for them, it's it's special treatment for from their perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special yeah, yeah. treatment from their perspective is this. I go in and they're like, we're gonna keep you in the guest house. Nobody Besides, like VIP, stay in the guest house. Okay, so I'm like in the I'm like wow, I'm in the guest house. This is cool. Like in the the VIP guest house, the VIP guest house was like this. The first night I arrive, okay, I get there. There's like twelve or sixteen beds across in one room, and one light stays on, and I just I go under my blanket, I go to sleep. I wake up, and I wake up throughout the night. There's mosquitoes just literally biting me throughout the entire night. Right. My face is puffed up completely, and there's like just this line of just mosquitoes, and they're not attacking anyone else. They're hmm. only attacking me. They know that I'm American, right? So fr- you have fresh blood, fresh exactly. blood. exactly. So they're like just right above me. They only hover above me. they don't go to anyone else. So I'm like, okay, this is the worst night of my life. <laughs> I'm like, it's a, this is a horrible. And they're like, don't worry, don't worry, we, you're staying in the VIP room. We don't want to move you to your dorm room yet. We want you to enjoy. (laughs) I'm just like, if this is enjoyment, okay, this is a problem, right? So I'm sitting there, living in the guest house, your room is not ready yet, we're gonna give you a special room. There's normally six people to a room. I'm getting one with two people to a room, special VIP room. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm living there, going. (coughs) One week passes, I'm inside the guest house. People told me, be very careful of your diet, watch what you eat, and this and that. I went to REI, I bought military grade uh water purification iodine you
2: know, stuff yeah mm. that, like no
0: no iodine is like primitive we're talking oh. like top lo- top of the line it like uh you you like zap the water or something like that it can even kill uh, some type of you, you know, can like, just
1: get water off the ground and you, you can get, get
0: water off the ground you mix it in there you you, yeah. get, you purify your water so i'm like this is awesome so one guy told me, I'm like, I'm, I'm taking care of. He goes, no, no, we're going to get you some bottled water because, you know, you're a foreigner, you're an American, we'll take care of it for you. I'm like, okay, I appreciate that. You know, here, here's the money, get, get water I need. So brings me bottles of water, a six pack of giant one liter bottles of water. I come in there, first time I try and drink it, it just stinks, it reeks, Right i'm just like what the heck this water this smells so bad it's like you've been using a plastic bottle for like a year and you know that it starts Uh. to smell it's that smell so i'm like i'm like well it's 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 bottled water it's brand new it's it's got to be okay And I just keep on drinking and I'm just like almost vomiting. And I tell this guy, I'm like, you know, something doesn't feel right about this water. And the guy goes and smells it and he's like, oh my God, he's like, the the guy's ripped us off. You know, sometimes this happens in stores where they just use old bottles and they repackage them with normal water. So what you've been drinking, the you, hell? You, yeah. So the first day I arrived, I've been ripped off with the water that I got. I got water that has been bottles that have been used for like years, repackaged with normal water. So I got gypped day one. I got mosquito bite, you know, on the same day one. So I'm sitting there, sitting in the guest house, very miserable. Okay. One, one week passes by. Okay. I think I arrived on a Friday, so I didn't have to pray Jum'a that day because I was traveling. And then one week passes by. I haven't showered yet. I'm thinking about that sermon that I <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like you know that sermon I need to I need to shower and I I'm a guy who like I need my shower every day I can't function maybe that's a, a yeah that's bad how, thing that's, yeah. how, America, that's, right? how that's how it is in America right like,
1: you shower in the morning you shower or in the evening. yeah
0: and I need a shower or I feel horrible so I'm sitting there and I'm sweating and I'm like you know and it's winter time it's freezing there is no heater VIP house there is no heater heater doesn't exist.
1: You have walls. That's the VIP. That's part. the VIP.
0: You have walls, <laughs> exactly. So I go in there and I'm like, okay. I go in the shower. I'm like, it's it's too cold, man, to take off my clothes. This is like freezing. And then the shower is a bucket shower. So you're gonna put water. It's gonna go into a bucket.
2: Hmm.
0: I don't even know how to use a bucket shower, right? What do you what what do you do exactly? Like yeah, you scoop up the water and you kind of like pour it on yourself. I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I'm waiting, every time I go, I'm like, it's too cold, it's too cold. A few days before Juma, I walk in there, and I see this, and I'm very, at that time I was very scared of roaches and spiders, two things I don't like. So I walk in there, I see this giant spider, it's like, it's like this big, and it's like right next to the handle. And I'm like, oh hell no, <laughs> this, mm-hmm. no, this is not happening. So I, I walk out. Finally Juma comes, and I'm like, all right, it's, I haven't showered in a week been seven days i haven't showered i'm stinking i'm sweating it's juma i have to shower now i have to do something so i'm going in there i don't care i'm gonna face that spider i'm gonna get this guy so i go in there got my clothes everything's ready go in the sh- i go in there i see the spider kind of chase him off he's still there waiting for me he waited the whole week for me by the way you know? So go in there chase him off i go to turn on the water there's no water water's <laughs> done and i'm like what the heck? why why is the water done so i asked the people they're like it's juma man don't you know if you want water on juma day usually the water is done by around 8am you're like you're late to the game it's like 9 or 10am water gets done you should have showered early like before fajr or after fajr otherwise the water is finished you have to wait till tomorrow so i'm just like i've been one whole week without a shower i go for juma without a shower and i'm like this is what life is going to be like like this is this is what i'm experiencing i get into my dorm room i have I brought a bunch of granola bars with me. People said you have to accustom yourself to the food. Mm-hmm. So I bring, I've been eating granola bars for an entire week, okay? I have all the trash saved up in my suitcase. I'm collecting it in a bag. So I'm like, I got all this trash, you know I'm looking around the campus. there's, there's is, no there's no trash can. There's no trash can. So I'm just trying to figure out' I'm like, you know, where do they keep the trash cans? So finally, I have a roommate, my roommate starts explaining to me how like life works over here because he's Indian. And I'm like, you know, by the way, I have a question about, you know, where do I throw my trash? He goes, the, the, the trash? You just throw it outside. It, it's outside. And I'm like, I didn't see any trash can. Says, no, no, it's just outside. I'm like, what, what, do you, what do you mean outside? No, just throw it outside and some, it'll be taken care of. People don't explain very much. They don't explain in detail. So I'm like, what does it mean it's going to be taken care of? Oh, someone's going to come and he's going to take care of it. I'm like, oh, I got it. You have a trash collecting service. So you leave it outside on a certain day. And the guy's going to come and collect it for you. He goes, yeah, yeah, just throw it outside. I said, okay, alhamdulillah. <laughs> so I threw it outside. Finally, I saw, I'm like, the trash is sitting outside. Every day we walk out, the trash is all trash. Plastic, everything, just sitting outside. We have to walk by this trash every day. I'm like, where's the trash guy? You know, you said the trash guy is coming. We're like, we're walking in trash. Right? This is the outside the school. The, the whole street, every street is lined literally up to this table in trash. That's the way the city is, okay? It's an Islamic school. That's the city. That's the city. And in this Islamic school, I'm like, but we gotta be better than this. This," I'm like, there's no way. This is Islamic school. This is not gonna happen, right? So we're walking by the trash, and he goes, no, no, it's because school hasn't started yet. (laughs) So you know what, the the trash guy's not here yet. So he's late, he's a little bit late. He's a few days late. I said, Okay, fine. So then finally, I find out, oh, the trash guy's here. I'm like, alhamdulillah, I knew it, man. I knew it, (laughs) alhamdulillah. Trash guy arrived, he's gonna pick up the trash, Man, this guy's like days late, we've been walking in trash. He comes up, he lights a fire,
2: he burns lights out. the
0: trash on fire in front of the room, all the plastic, everything, and he leaves. And it just burns. So the whole day. The trash is just burning inside, in in front of my room, and it's it's plastic burn. I mean, it's That's very not, that is entirely. not healthy. Extremely unhealthy. <laughs> it's,
2: and, and Forget the for the
0: environment, we are inhaling all these fumes, right? And I'm just like. That's right. You gotta game. be kidding me, man. Like, you know, he's an arsonist. You know, this is. Uh, I'm like, this is his job. Like, you pay him for this? Like, I could have done this. this. Like, I could have lit it myself, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I'm like, for me, this is like massive culture shock, right? So I'm just getting to the point. I'm like, look, man. Look, I, I, I need, I need to like recalibrate myself. Okay. I last time I visited the school things were looking good I saw the English library awesome books on Islamic studies across the board so my am let me just go to the library I'm going to chill out I go to the library English section the English section oh that's not open for students it's only for researchers and professors I'm like why I read English oh these the English books are very expensive right so because it's a poor country so I don't have any access to English books my Arabic is not fluent enough to read the Arabic books so I'm sitting there I'm going through this curriculum culture shock going on to the point where school starts i start to learn almost the same subjects grammar Grammar. islamic law the students who are there they're not interested in being there most of them are not very serious now again in the higher levels there's a lot more seriousness but i'm sitting in the lower levels right i'm sitting there i'm trying to study i'm getting my food just so many things i'm going through like my food i I just i have too many stories to share right there's there's a lot of stuff going on and it just makes life very very difficult for me teachers don't show up on time some teachers don't even show up for the entire year i had one one for the whole year wait what the whole year who taught you so on on that subject this, this guy he showed up uh actually in my year he showed up a little bit more in the third year third year students the guy shows up for one week doesn't show up for the rest of the year and shows up for the last week. He shows up for the first week and the last week of school. So And you have to be in class for attendance.
1: Who's so, taking attendance? Like the TA? There's a TA? There's like
0: a TA or some, or, or yeah, a student is appointed as TA. So everyone has got to go to class. I'll take more tea? Uh, yeah, I'll take some more tea. So student goes. everyone goes to class. You're going to get marked that you're present. You're going to sit there, wait for the teacher. He's not going to come. You're going to chill out, socialize with the guy, and then you're going to leave. Just like this is not... Madrasa Nilamia, right? Again, my thing is like, yeah. how can? What's going on with these standards? So, is this true? is this is bothering yeah. me, right? Uh, the you know the food is bothering me. I mean, mm-hmm. the food is it, it, conceptually everything is looking good. Sheikh Abul Hassan Al Nadwi, he made a new policy where food is going to be sent to your room, delivered to you, so that you can keep on studying. He wants these students to be like top notch. Right, what happened was Nadwa used to be a really top elite school in like the 60s. Then enrollment expanded tremendously and kind of the standards went down, right? But it's still a very good school in terms of the research, but I'm not at the research level. I'm yeah. sitting at the very basic level. Yeah. So food comes in, and guess what you get for food? Every day you get the same food. Rota. You get uh, a naan, mm-hmm. you know, like a naan bread. You get dal, which is lentils. Mm-hmm. You get rice, and you're supposed to get some meat, because I have an upgraded food schedule, which we paid extra for, a food like food uh, plan. And what actually happens is, all of that meat never makes it to you, because during Zohar prayer is when they start dishing out the food. So all the students go to the prayer, cause obviously we're supposed to be praying, we're in an Islamic university. While we're in prayer, the, 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 the servants or whatever, the people serving the food, they go and put the food inside the thing. So about, Maybe twenty percent or thirty percent or more of the students, they skip the Zohar prayer. To go get the meat. They go to the food guys and they kind of like pressure them or threaten them or pay them off or whatever it means. All the meat's gonna come into our things. All the meat is done, we get like the bone that's left over. Right? So I'm getting this bone, I'm getting my rice, I'm getting my lentils, I'm getting it's enough to survive, right? But it's but what bothers me what bothers me is not so much the food
1: it's the fact that you paid for something you're it, supposed it, to get it it's or- not even
0: it's not even that it's the fact that you know again I'm coming from uh, in, I'm co- at that time I'm coming from uh, hey people gotta be serious in Islamic school right so I'm like these people are supposed to be here and they're skipping prayer to go and get the meat like you know that's, it's just it's bothering me for me again mm. you have to keep in mind the
2: integrity of it in, yeah. in
0: my mind I have like this idealistic version of the what the ummah is supposed to be like at least what the Islamic University is supposed to be like. Now, in retrospect, I understand all of this. You know, I, I look at it from a very different angle. In retrospect, I'm like, look, you know, a lot of, not everyone goes to school because they want to be there, right? That's every field, every career. Islamic school is no different. But that's what I'm going through. So it's, it's, it's becoming stressful for me. It's mm-hmm. bothering me. The type of, you know, they're switching curriculums. Uh, people are not that interested. And then, you know, one day one of our teachers makes a mistake in uh, some basic math on inheritance. And I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, man, look, like, you messed up on the fractions. Like, you know, I'm computer science major, right? Like, I my my math is pretty decent. Like, you didn't do this problem correctly. And he just, you know, kind of like waved it off. He's like, no, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, look, I I don't know my Islamic studies, but I know my math, right? (laughs) You you messed up on the math, right? And uh, he just kind of played it off. So I'm just like, you know, you know, again, everything is affecting me, right? So this. Some of the teachers, uh, you know, be explanations as affecting me. Some of the teachers are amazing. Some of the things are bothering me, right? So I get a private teacher. He's teaching me. I, I go at nighttime uh, to, to his house. While I'm on my way, all of a sudden there's a, like a, a moose, a, a moose or an ox or something like that on campus that basically like intercepts me and like blocks my path. And I'm just like, what the heck is this? What the heck is going on? Like, I can't get to my teacher's house who lives on campus, okay? Because I've been intercepted by this, like, ox. By a beast
1: of burden. By, by a
0: beast of burden. Right? <laughs> At nighttime, the lights are not functioning properly. And I didn't... I, it, I didn't know what it was in the beginning so it, it I'm makes just, this I'm weird sound I'm honestly surprised sound, right?
1: this is, I'm surprised you didn't qu- like you haven't quit I'm about this, to I'm, about, <laughs> I'm, I'm, about, I'm, I'm, I'm to. about to
0: I'm gonna tell you about to quit right so I get it it sounded like this crazy it made this crazy sound I've never I've, you know yeah. I didn't live on a farm right so it made this crazy I thought it was I'm like oh, dude I believe in gin now 100% like this is a gin and the gin is following me and and I found out like it was an animal, and it was literally obstructing my path exactly to get to my teacher's house. And I would try to move around it, and it would go around. And I'm just like, what the heck? What the heck is going on, man? So like, I literally like had to like you know, outsmart it, run that way, and then I sprinted the other way, got to my teacher's class, and I'm like, what the heck was that? Oh yeah, that's like a bison or something like that. I'm like, why? Is th- Hold on, why is there a bison on campus at night time? outside of your house okay. why is that there they're like oh yeah you know they keep them in the back you know in the kitchen so probably one just escaped and you know <laughs> it just happened to you know it somehow it just it caught you like you know it liked you for some reason I'm just like you know and I'm looking out the window I'm like I'm not going back down there like you you need to get this thing out of here before it's gonna attack me so just like weird stories like that I'm just dealing with this on a regular basis so it gets to a point where I'm just like you know what I can't. I can't handle this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. So I'm like, I'm, I'm quitting. So I leave. I come back to America, and I'm like, my parents are like, see, we told you so. We told you so. <laughs> all, the, all the told you so's in the world are like there, and I'm just sitting there, like, kind of in like semi-depression. Uh, I rejoin the pre IOK, what it uh-huh. used to be, and I'm like, I'm doing that, but again, still their classes are not up to that level. <clears throat> so one of my friends from Nadwa in India convinces me. He's like, "Look, you need to come back. Like you're not you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything with your life. You're not uh you know, you're not progressing. You either you give this up completely or you come back because there's no other place you're going to go.
1: You can't just be in limbo. Like that's Yeah, exactly. I can't, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So
0: while I'm doing that, I'm doing a bunch of things. I'm I'm doing some Islamic classes with like the pre-IOK before IOK was there. Uh and then I get a job as uh an Islamic uh, high school teacher, Muslim high school teacher, just on the side, a few hours. And then I'm just studying all day by myself. So I, I resume the curriculum. I'm like, okay, you know what? I will continue. So I keep studying the curriculum. I'm in touch with some of the people over there. I'm like, where are we in the curriculum? I'm like eventually I'm gonna come back someday. I'm like, I just, I need a break right now, but I, I'm gonna come back. A few months later, I'm cu- keeping the curriculum. I'm like going into massive depression. And I'm like, you know, I can't do this. I'm, I'm going back. So I get my ticket. I fly back there again. I'm still enrolled in the school technically. I just I had left in the middle. So I come back. I'm where everyone else is. And I'm just like, wait a minute, you know. What I had studied on my own, I'm kind of like at more advanced than some of the students here. I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? They're like, you know, just finish the curriculum. My friends are telling me just do it. So a number of things happen. Number one, there's this guy, one of the teachers on campus, he, he calls me. It's a very tribal society, right? So he calls me in and he's like, you know, uh, you need to come visit me and I want to talk to you about some things. So some students warn me and they're like, he's trying to recruit you into his little little gang. And what's going to happen is he's going to basically, it's like politics, he's going to control you. Then he's going to, you're going to become like his murid, like his, uh, Uh-oh. you know, Uh-oh. His it's, it's like a cultish yeah. thing, right? You're going to become his follower.
1: Spiritual abuse.
0: Exactly, right? So it's like, you're going to have to come in here and he's going to own you then. So hes there, I'm like, what should I do? like well you have a big dilemma because if one of these guys invites you uh for for tea in his private gathering he doesn't invite people normally so if you refuse you've just made an enemy and if you accept you've just like joined the gang basically like you've taken your first step so i'm like this is so ridiculous man like I, i came in here to do islamic studies not to like play these politics games and i'm like in my hardcore phase like very hardcore um everything is little things are bothering me like i go in there you know, the principal, everyone stands up when the principal walks in the room and I'm like the pseudo Salafi kind of guy walking in there like, you know what, man, I, I ain't standing for anyone. So I'm like the guy who just sits there, everyone else stands up and I'm like, I ain't standing up. I got a hadith to back it up, you know, <laughs> like, I'm not getting up, you know, so I'm in that really hardcore phase, right? So again, that's par- partly my problem. Not everyone's going to experience this, right? So I tell, I, I tell this guy, I'm like, you know what? No, you know, thanks for the invite, but I'm not coming. So now this guy becomes my enemy. So now, and he's one of the teachers and one of the senior teachers, a very powerful teacher. So I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Like, this kind of politics has to go on. So now this guy starts to get some of his people, like, to cause a problem for me. And they're like, look, they're going to cause a problem for you. I'm like, this is, I'm just here to study, man. This is like high school all over. (laughs) This is like, this is like high school. Like, what is this? You know, like little kid stuff, you know? So now...
1: What are going to do? Take my meat from my lunch? It's exactly. too late. It's already gone. It's exactly. already gone. <laughs> it's
0: already gone. Exactly. So what ends up happening is one of their guys puts an accusation and spreads a rumor that I wow. am an American spy. Right? You go, why is he an American spy? Because he's visited India three times. Once, once the first time he came to visit, second time he comes, and then he leaves, goes and reports information to whoever, and then comes back for the third time. I'm like, this is such a, you know, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. First of all, what am I going to spy on exactly? Like, well, what, what is what is there to spy on? Number two, like, look at my background, man. Like, do I look like a? Do I fit like the profile of a spy? Like, you know? So <clears throat> and I that.
1: Couldn't just send an email. I had to go back. Yeah,
0: seriously. You know? like <laughs> <laughs> <had to> <laughs> I had to fly. Exactly. So I'm like, so now I got a problem with some of the students going and spreading a rumor that I'm an American spy. this is really bothering. I'm like, this is so stupid. Okay, number one. Number two. Uh, number two is the biggest thing. So I go, the second time I go there, I start eating out with like my friends. School is on lockdown, you can only leave a few times, or you can only leave half a day once a week. So I, we figured out a way to kind of bribe the guards because uh, like Students know what to do So you buy Two biryanis You know what biryani <laughs> is Yeah So you buy two biryanis And that covers you For a whole month You know For the security guards You can get out Whenever you want You can come back Whenever for you want For a whole month Whole month yeah, it's, 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 it's That's it's cheap, a cheap of, That's a cheap bribe The cheap, cheap <laughs> standard of living You know So two biryanis <laughs> Cover you for the whole month So I start going out And eating at all these Different restaurants And one of these restaurants <clears throat> I meet this guy Who is kind of like A semi-gangster But had joined the Joined the school as well he hated the school, always complaining about the school. And I just kind of clicked with – I'm like, I like this guy, dude. Like, you know, anyone complains about the school, I want to socialize with you. Like, I'm, I'm down with you. So we get together. And it turns out this guy's like, a little bit too much of uh, – a little too aggressive. You know, he's been getting in fights at school and stuff. So he takes me out to a place. We get some food. And then he goes to the guy, the chef in the back. And he takes, like – I think he had a, a toothpick or some kind of metal toothpick. And he puts it against the guy's back and he's like you see my friend over there he's from america you're going to make this food up to proper standards right so i'm just like man you don't do that to a guy like you can do whatever you want so so he makes this food and my suspicion okay i can't prove this my suspicion is that guy did something to the food okay because right after that i get typhoid <laughs> I get- Typhoid and the thing is typhoid is if you don't know what typhoid is, it's type of like it's a type of food poisoning. Your basically your temperature goes to hundred and four degrees and it stays there. And you have no appetite. So you don't want to eat anything, you don't want to drink anything. So I'm oh sitting my. in my room, okay? I'm by my room.
1: very treatable, but not in your
0: not no, no, not over there. Not over no, there. Not over yeah. there. No, yeah. no. So yeah. and the thing is so I'm sitting there, I'm just literally I have a fever, hundred and four degrees non-stop i'm taking tylenol goes down comes right back up 104. it continues for several days i'm not going to class i'm sitting under the blanket i'm not drinking water i'm not eating food because i don't feel like it i'm just drinking green tea my friend is making green tea for me and that's it so finally i get to a point they're like you know you should you know should try and get out get some air i'm like look i'm like i'm dying here like this is really really bad so my friend you know he's like you know you should do something finally after a few days i'm like look you know what just I, i'm done man i i think i'm gonna like i'm gonna die here you know just call nine one one and and we'll we'll, we'll get out of here and he just starts laughing at me i'm like dude i'm i'm like messed up why are you laughing he's like man you still don't understand this is a guy from england by the yeah. way this is sheikh away's namazi by the way so this oh. was my this was a guy who really you know helped me a lot took care of me i'll never forget everything he's done for me so he's a guy who's coming from a western country so I can relate to him he's helping take care of me so he laughs at me and he's like you don't understand where you are <laughs> there is no 911 over here you don't just call an emergency and like an ambulance is gonna show up man like you, you are not in America anymore you're in a different part of the world so I'm like well what happens to people when they're like this sick and they're like on the bed he's like I remember this exactly how he told me And he's totally serious he's like they die. I was just like, they just, they just die? Like, it's like, yeah, it's not such a big deal. It's like, this is not America. It's like, you're on your bed and you die. And people will do janaza and they make dua for you. And I'm just kidding. You just I'm, need an IV and I'm something. Just, I'm like, freaking out. I'm like, what, what in the world? Like, did you just die? I'm like, he's like, yeah. So I'm, I'm just thinking, That's what's going to happen to me. I'm like, this is a complete failure of a mission. Like, I have not, got my arabic to, up to par i have not gotten most of my answer, questions answered i'm like this is going to be the the, the dumbest use, most useless pointless death like ever <laughs> so so I, that's what i'm going through so then i i said there's got to be something you can do man like can you like save me somehow he's like you know i can call one of the sheikhs and he's got a connection and we can get you to like a nice hospital but he's like i'm telling you what's going to happen in that hospital it's the hospital Maybe worse for you than like you just kind of, you know, being here. They might
1: reuse the needle like they reuse the bottle. Yeah, exactly. So And
0: and he's like, you don't want to do, you don't want, I don't know if you want to do that. I'm like, at this point, man, just do anything. I I need to get out of here. So they send me a taxi, take me to like the top hospital of that area, which is not very top. So I go in there. They put a needle. They couldn't even find my vein. Then they're like, they're like, take it out. Like blood is squirting all over the, the sheet. So like I'm sitting there. With like blood, like blood on my bed sheets, right? And then they, the first thing, they come in there and they're like, oh, what kind of room would you like? I'm like, what do you mean? A VIP. That's the You know what it is? Would you like a regular room, a fan room, or an air conditioning room? So I'm like, what? That, like, these are the options? So my friend, Oasis, you know, he's it's like a half joker. So he comes in there. He's like, man, look, I'm going to be visiting you the most. Dude, I, we're going with AC. I'll pay half of it, man. Like, we, cause there's no AC on campus, right? Yeah. So he's like, I'm paying half of it. We're getting the AC room. I'm like, all right, fine. He's like, trust me, it's gonna be better for you. So we get the AC room, sitting in their hospital. All all they do is pump you with IV. That's their, their entire treatment. There's nothing else to do. I got blood like on my bed sheets, not being cleaned. It's just sitting there, right? And I'm just sitting on an IV for like I don't know how many days, right? And I'm going through like depression. I'm like, yeah. This is, this is, this is. Like the sacrifice, this is what I get, you know. So because of these reasons, you know, long story short, uh, I'm like, it's time for me to leave. So yeah. I leave India and I come back to America in a state of semi-depression, uh, get a job again as in uh, computer science. Uh, and while I'm sitting in that job, I'm like, you know what? I can't, I can't do this. I'm not supposed to be here. So I end up leaving that job again right for the another job and i end up going for hajj from hajj i go to egypt spend a year in egypt from egypt i end up going to france for three years and then i end up coming back and that's how i finished my studies
1: Marshall. how many years is that total
0: so that was five five years five and then i went again to england afterwards got master's degree so okay
1: and see. it's you're pretty uh like what was the degree in
2: like just Islamic studies or no
0: sh- uh, Sharia. Islamic law and theology sh- okay Sharia.
2: so Shaykh I want another, to pull another lesson out of this and this is yes. something I've seen in a lot of teachers when I talk to them about their overseas studies yeah. is it's not fancy and there's no glory in it it's not as, as you said you're romanticized yep. right yep. so I find a lot of people when they go overseas even when we my wife and I we did an Arabic studies program very short nine months it was in Texas it's in America cockroach infested apartment for six out of the nine months i lost yep. internet at the last three months like you know every little mini struggle that a lot could throw at us right and yep. they're not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things but i find that when people when they go and study this dean for a stamp a lot doesn't make it necessarily easy on you it's not like oh life's good now i'm just gonna study a full time and everyone's gonna love me and i'll come back to this glorious uh life or whatever it is yep and I think there's something in that Maybe you can comment on it Why, why do you think there's a, a struggle aspect With setting Allah's deen? Shouldn't He make it easy for us, so to speak?
0: Yeah, I think there's two aspects You know, one aspect is There's got to be a struggle Because if you're supposed to get all this reward You're supposed to get all this benefit Of, you know, having a deep understanding of the religion uh, You know, people who go and seek knowledge are on the path towards paradise Allah will make the path towards paradise easy All, that's, all those ahadith and verses about the the greatness and excellence of knowledge, it's not going to come for free. It's gonna, mm. it's gonna, there's going to be a price. So in the past, people like Imam Bukhari, all these people, they used to travel months. Their life was in danger while they're going through deserts. You know, be, Imam Ghazali himself was uh, attacked You know, in a caravan. Ron, yeah, was he robbed, all his yeah. notes were taken away. So that challenge has got to be there. So this idea that you're not going to encounter challenges just because, and that's the notion that a lot of people have, a notion that I had. Since I made that one step, right, of like, okay, I want to be committed, a committed Muslim. Once I made that one step, now everything should just be smooth sailing downhill from here. That notion is wrong. That notion is very, very wrong. It's not that there's not going to be progress. But a lot of it is you have, to, you have to make sacrifices. You have to be ready to struggle. So that's number one. Number two is that people uh, oftentimes will glamorize uh, these other countries. Muslim country, Islamic university, uh even some teachers will do that, you know. So some of them will put it down and they'll criticize, you know, that's kind of more of my style, just to give people a reality check. And other ones will just kinda of be like, No, no, let's not tell them the bad things. Otherwise they're gonna not be motivated enough to go there. So there's kind of like a, a marketing of, you know, oh medina university it's, it's in medina and uh, you know darloom dioband it's a 200 year old institution or al-azhar university it's like this um and what's going to happen is when you when you glamorize that too much people's expectations have kind of been lifted and then yeah. they get broken i think that's very dangerous right mm-hmm. and it depends where you're coming from so if you're someone who's coming from i keep saying orange county like if you're, if you're someone who's coming from a very uh, middle-class American lifestyle and you're you not used plumbing. to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you have, you have, you grew up with air conditioning and heating. You grew up with running water. Okay? And uh, you were going to have a very difficult time adapting to any circumstance. If you went there to study medicine, okay, and you're in medical school, you would have a difficult time. Yeah. So that's just the nature of this <clears throat> cultural shift and that needs to be pointed out to people. Mm. And you need to understand you learn who you are when, you, when you're put into circumstances like that. So what, what I do say though, in, in retrospect is, again, my mentality for people is, number one, if you're someone like me who was just trying to learn Islam, right. oftentimes you need to have... A, it's good to have a good understanding of Islam to be able to deal with the challenges that you're going to be facing. So this is my, my problem is, when people are only teaching Arabic, like let's say someone goes to learn Arabic, yeah. You're only learning Arabic And let's say you have Very little knowledge of Islam And you go through The challenges that I have You're stuck with typhoid For example You get sick You get in the hospital What, what did you learn In the last six months That's going to help you Get through the struggle Of the health issue That you're going through Nothing Because what are you going to do gonna Conjugate verbs Arabic <laughs> verbs Be like you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to console myself By doing some conjugations That's not going to help you But had you taken Let's say a class on Spirituality or Tazkiyah Talk about the importance of having patience. You have all these verses. You have explained to you. You have all these hadith that are explained to you. Now you're like, okay, I know kind of how to react. How I'm at least theoretically how I'm supposed to react, yeah. right? So, so that's why kind of like for me, the curriculum should. And that's be, where the
1: Islam is learned.
0: That's where the Islam is learned. So yeah. the Islam part is the key the specialization part can be like the arabic and all that other stuff that's why for my curriculum that i made the islam part is in there in the beginning because you need that because if you go through struggles you're going to have you need some knowledge to help you process through those struggles if you yeah. don't have that it's just going to be another problem so i mean that's one thing that people need to understand uh, before going in, and and if they're already there, they already got that. They're like they're ready for the struggle. They understand what they're going to go through. They understand that it's not an ideal golden age Islamic mm-hmm. society. You're not walking into Madrasa al You're not going to have you know al Razi and uh, Imam Ghazali and uh, Ibn Rushd as your teachers. Okay, then you know maybe you're prepared for that. But one last thing I'd say is, is that the idea of Islamic studies uh, now you don't have to travel. Y- you can do a lot of this in America, right? I still think there's a valuable component for that life experience. Honestly, when I, when I look back, my experience in India was one of the most important experiences of my life. It was a very difficult experience. Uh, I wouldn't wanna go in there without knowing, you know, w- without knowing that I'm there for life experience. But if someone understands that this life experience is gonna shape you as a person, and they can go in knowing that it's gonna be like this, it's gonna be tough, here's some examples of what can happen. I think that life experience sets people apart. Those who just academically study Islam versus those who study Islam and have this life experience, mm. right? So I, I don't regret any of that when I look back. When I'm living through it, I'm like, "This is the worst experience of my life." But that's the way life is, you know. You always look back and you see that there's there's an immense wisdom that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And it makes you me. a stronger person. Much stronger person. Yeah. You know? And that's why you know a lot of times people are like you know. You're one of the few imams who like wants to be an imam, or like hasn't just keep changing jobs all the time. And I'm yeah, like, because yeah, you
1: already saw the tough part.
0: I have a, I have a very high tolerance level. Yeah. You know, they're like, how do you deal with these masjid boards? I'm like, yo, oh, masjid boards, man. I had a guy trying to recruit me to become his murid. Put a rumor on me. I had a guy who, you know, is threatening another cook, giving me typhoid. I mean, I the stuff that I dealt with. I'm like, these uncles are annoying, but they're not that. They're, they're not as like I can't. Not that I can't handle them. Man. Yeah. You know, so. So it's kind of nice when you when you when you look at those things in that perspective.
1: Definitely, I know we didn't really get a chance to go into our main topic. Are you still okay for staying, or are <laughs> I'm good, you? I'm good. Let's extend. You're good. We can I'm extend. extend? We can Alhamdulillah. Ast- part St- two. You have to tune into the next episode. Alhamdulillah.
2: I'll split it. inshallah. Yeah.
1: So, long. yeah, I guess we can we can do that because yeah, I mean great. this has been two hours now. This is going to be our longest podcast. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, things are going good.